pinch hitting here for Rainbird. Rainbird is not exactly where we thought we'd find her tonight, <laughs> but we will make sure to put her in the circle support that everything and all of her family and friends are all in good health. And uh, so we'll do a little something different tonight. Um, I don't have a real uh, whole grasp of the Mayan calendar. I know and the time that we're in right now is quite wild because the, um, well, let's just say that the funding that we need, uh, we request. <laughs> um, and we also need assistance to get a, a, a print cartridge, a black yes. print cartridge. <laughs> it's been a real challenge, challenge for a whole week now. Um, Anyway, it's uh, 50, how many dollars? $56.89. <laughs> yes, and we, rec we just, uh, we request your assistance in uh, an abundant way. Um, it will be about Sunday that we'll be able to put a formal request for assistance out. That's just what's happening. We're yes. rolling down the river here. <laughs> Um, 
I think this would be a good thing to do today in lieu of everything else. Uh, Aurora Ray. Uh, the, the basic question at the front page that she has here is she says, do you know how important your aura is? And then she yes, goes. Yes, I'm going to play something here. You've got to say that loud so they can hear. Oh, I'm going to play an eight-minute piece talking about our aura and how it's connected with the quantum field, everything. Okay, and she's going to probably write something here. That I don't think it's exactly the same, but no. I'm going to read this part, and then Rama's going to play that part. And in between, we'll give our update. How's that, Rama? Yes. All right, everybody, so. This is what she starts off with. Uh, By releasing blockages, we can allow our DNA to blossom and usher in a new golden age. This paves the way for the creation of utopian, of a utopian world, free of limitation and scarcity, We tap into advanced technologies, psychic powers, and higher wisdom. Crystal cities of light and crystal cities of light appear. Turn the page here. We're doing the best to read a very light copy with what little squeaky bit of ink we have left in the old cartridge. The ascension process is one of great transformation which must be handled with care, patience, and grace. There is much available from the spiritual realms. As an expert guide, my deep knowledge comes from walking with clients through each phase of the process and witnessing the incredible expansion that is possible. The journey of ascension from 3D to 5D 5D reality is truly transformative and exciting. As we have explored this grand shift underway on Earth has captured widespread attention across the galaxy. Planetary ascension is a natural phenomenon as life everywhere evolves through densities For humanity, the move into 5D existence will bring profound physical, mental, and spiritual changes. Our brains will operate faster. Our bodies will gain new capabilities. And we will reconnect with galactic neighbors from Sirius, the Pleiades, and beyond. Entirely new senses and experiences will emerge. Above all, the ascension process enables collective movement into a golden age. Long prophesied, yet this brighter future depends on each of us opening our hearts and minds and elevating our individual consciousness. Our DNA holds the blueprint for this magnificent potential. A golden age is within reach 
as we take the necessary steps to awakening our full DNA potential. Although ascension is a natural phenomenon, realizing its benefits requires intention and action. The human blueprint contains so much more capability than what we currently experience. Limiting beliefs and trauma have led us to suppress much of our DNA. By releasing blockages, we can allow our DNA to blossom and usher in a new golden age. Meditation, inner work, and raising our vibration are key to awakening our DNA. As we clear emotional baggage and raise our frequency, dormant DNA segments light up. This expands our senses, our intelligence, our strength, our intuition, our capabilities far beyond normal. We may begin to experience enhanced psychic senses, deeper knowing, greater creativity, and a stronger connection to our higher self and spirit guides. Our increased abilities will be put to positive use in rebuilding society. As more people unlock their DNA, our collective consciousness rises. This paves the way for the creation of a utopian world free of limitation and scarcity. We tap into advanced technologies, psychic powers, higher wisdom, crystal cities of light appear. The choices to each individual to allow their DNA. Okay, I'm going to stop there because I understand we have a message from our sister Rainbird. She's here with us. Pass the talking stick to you, Rainbird. Okay, well, I'm glad you got it started. Um, I don't know what happened because I was just waiting for a call and they never got one. I finally decided to just turn on the radio and, and there you were. <laughs> yeah, well, um, uh, TJ called you maybe three times. He said he called me eight times, but I have no, I, I checked that before I even did anything else with the see if you know, what happened, and in, in my ask, phone didn't show anything. Did you ask TJ what number he called you on? Well, it's probably the same number he always does. Yeah. The universe is playing tricks. That's all there is, and so... Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> all right. Pass the talking stick to you, Rainbird. You know what to say next. <laughs> well, I think what I want to do is just give the Mayan update, and I didn't get an update from you guys, so you'll have to give me that. Um, but just to talk about uh, where we are in the mind calendar for the day and, and the week ahead real quickly, I think would be would be good. Cause you... Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll do that. So today is the yellow con, a thick yellow con that's a yellow rhythmic seed. And 
And so it's key words for seed or target, awareness and flowering, and the keywords for uh, the tone the six are balancing, equality, organized. And so the mantra for today is I organize in order to target balancing awareness. I feel the input of flowering with the rhythmic tone of equality. I am guided by my own power doubled. So it's a double seed day, and this seed is, this day is guided by the yellow seed. So, uh, then the occult power for the evening is the red earth. The ally today is blue eagle. And the challenge feature today is the white wizard. So that's what we're working with for today. And then tomorrow we have a portal day, and it's the seven Kikchons. So Kikchons a warrior aspect. It's about remaining open to change. It's about distinguishing between the body and the soul. It's a serpent. So we're transmuting energy into serpent energy. We have that gift, there's that motivation to change, and instincts, and body sensing. If we let go of any insecurity, any fears around intimacy, we embrace these energies, and that portal energy tomorrow is a very powerful day to do the work that we do. And then moving on to Sunday, it's an eight kimi, that world bridge the galactic world bridge and it's another warrior aspect, and it's about forgiveness and moving into a state of grace. So we have these gifts of being that world bridger, bridging between the past and the future, and transmutation. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> you let go of that which is no more with this energy. So the ego or any controlling behavior and beliefs that life is a struggle. So that's Sunday, and then Monday it's a nine minute blue solar hand. And it's also Martin Luther King Day, celebrating his birthday on that day. I think he was born on the 17th, though, so I'm not sure. Anyway, so that blue, that blue hand day, the solar blue hand, so it's a solar tone, and that's that manifestation of our intentions. It's activation of all of our intentions, so it's three threes and very active. And the hand is a healing aspect, and it's about healing ourselves and others and creating contentment and peace and that acceptance of divinity of ourselves. So we have these gifts of that healer of humankind, that ability to open new doors, and let's let go of any distractions or belief in inadequacy or procrastination. And then on Tuesday, we have another portal day, and that's the, the yellow planetary star. And them up, and that's a manifesting tone. So, <clears throat> we're working with the visionary aspect of with Lamont. It's the Stargate, and it's about that illumination of humankind and opening that Stargate. And it's also a portal day today, on this day, Tuesday. So, we're going to get this higher <clears throat> multi dimensional effect. So, we have this gift of that journeying, that pioneer spirit, having that spirit power to see beyond the gate and we let go of any dissonance or self-doubt. We embrace these energies on Tuesday and then Wednesday is 11 below the red spectral moon and it's also the first quarter of the moon at 10.53 p.m. So Baluk is an artist aspect, moon energy. And we're working with that wise use of my rational mind 
We're working with accepting spirit's directions, so we're listening to our intuition and embracing that gift of our con with our of our contact with spirit and remembering what we came here to do and working with universal mind and telepathy. So we let go of any insensitivity or attachment to owners on this day. And then on Wednesday or Thursday, it's the 12 Ox, the white crystal dog. It's a <clears throat> global crystal. Um, the Oh, yeah, the global crystal family call is happening. And they, they, every time there's a crystal day, um, the 1320 family meets and they have a Zoom call. If anyone wants to know, I'll give it to you. Uh, but you can find it at Space Station Plaza. So that's a 12 talk on Thursday. It has the artist aspect. It's about unconditional love. It's about healing the pain of the past. And we have that gift of that contact with our spirit guides and our awareness of destiny and our awareness of our past lives. So we're working with that and we're working with letting go of fear with that energy. And then we come back at the Friday the 13th with the Blue Cosmic Monkeys. There's the 13 Cuban. And the artist aspect of monkey energy is and stop out and work and play and take attention to clarity of mind. Thought that wise uses magical artistry. So we have a gift of innocence and spontaneity and that ability to play and laugh. So to embrace those energies on that crystal energy day. <laughs> and, you know, it's not crystal, it's cosmic, excuse me. It's the cosmic tone, the 13th tone. So we let go of any insensitivity or jadedness or resistance to compassion as we embrace each other. The 13th is the end of the way. So it's that cause change and it's that cosmic energy. So there you go. That, that's it. And <laughs> kind of in a hurry, but I would like to give the update and I would like for Tara to give me what the update is for BBS Radio, what we owe, and for the bills, what we owe. If you give me that, I'll give the information. Okay, now. You want it now, right, Raider? <laughs> yeah, I do. I want it now so I can give all the information how to take care of it. Okay. Rama paid some bills, and so, um, and there's one more bill that's going to be taken from automatically from the money we have. So, all together, we will have $37.43. And, uh, again, because of the energies, many wild things happened last Saturday. We didn't have a show except that we all got together during the time period of the, uh, thanks to you, Rainbird, from the conference call when we went to our conference call. And so we spend that quality time about an hour and 40 minutes together. That was pretty interesting, about 10 of us, I think. And, um. So it was free, and tomorrow we're going to have another one free. Uh, compliments of Don. He said it was my, 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 my. How do you say it? My bad. <laughs> he slept the entire day Saturday, uh, all into the evening. So, um, I think that his spirit was being rejuvenated. Mm -hmm. uh, that's usually what it is these times and days. So 
we have a better uh, price for this month. So um, uh, each week will be $204.50. So since we've got thirty-seven forty-three uh, uh, for the first week, which was due the 7th of, the, of this month, That'll be 167.07 that we do. That's due for that uh, that week, and then uh, the 14th is this Sunday. That'll be another 204.50, and then um, then it'll be uh, on. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's just say that for the the last for for this Sunday the 14th, uh, and then the 21st, and then the 28th. It'll be all together. It'll be another $613.50. We haven't uh, put out a request for assistance for a very long time. We were searching for someone to assist Caroline in doing that work, and uh, Caroline's going to do this this time. Uh Micah volunteered to do the updates, so that he was his first uh, week to do that. So Caroline's going to do the request for assistance, and the time has been flying. But on Sunday, we'll together work on getting that out. And there's about 1,500 people on that list that Caroline intelligently remembered to pull off when uh, um, when uh, we went from a, one website, which was the Ning website, mm-hmm. and now we were we're on the uh, what's the kind of name Wix. of it? We're on Wix now, uh, and we so we have um, what can I say? We have a, a plan now to uh, be able to. Caroline took the fifteen hundred or more names, and so and Rama doesn't have it anymore. It just disappeared uh, with uh, with the Ning site. So, uh, so uh, we're grateful. Caroline's going to keep that list. And so we will put a request to the 1,500 people. So let's put that in the circle of support for a very prosperous and abundant uh, contributions to come in so we can <clears throat> uh, we can just have a steady flow of blessings that continue on with uh, uh, being able to, in a timely manner, uh, compensate BBS Radio for their wonderful services. Thank you, and I'll give this talking stick back to you. Is there anything else you got to say? Oh, well, Rama needs, you know the rest, right, Rainbird? Well, I know you need two hundred for living expenses, but I don't know what you need for bills. Uh, I I just said that for now, all the bills will be paid up. By tomorrow. Oh, okay. Is that what you were saying? Yes, that's what I was saying. And okay. Rama, what's the next bill coming? You know? Around the twentieth, somewhere right in okay. there. So you will have to figure out what. Do you know what it is? Mm, no. Okay. So that's that for now, Rainbird. Okay. Well, the twentieth is a week now. Rainbird, you're all. Funny, weird. We can't understand the words you're saying. Rainbird? The twentieth the is a week from now. Yeah. I'm just saying he doesn't know, but he's got an intuition that the next bill's coming around the twentieth. 
Okay. All and right. he does. Oh, so, right. All right. I can do. I'll do the how. How would you get it done, man? So, thank you for that. And I basically know that we need some money for BBS Radio. In any case, and here's how we make a donation to our account at BBS Radio. You want to go to bbsradio.com and then look at the schedule that's right there at the top of the page on the menu, and you'll see. What you're looking for is our programs on the schedule, and that gives you access to our account. So, on BBS Radio Station 1, we have programs at 8 o'clock hour on Thursday, a night at the round table with the panel. As you click on that icon, that takes you right to our account. And then on Friday, this program, The Hard News, on Friday nights with Tara and Rama at the 8 o'clock hour, so bigger central times. As you click on that, icon there that'll take you to our account where you can make a donation in any amount using your bank card. And on Saturdays, the program is on BBS Radio Station 2 at 3.30 hour. And as you look at that schedule as you and click on that icon that's there, that'll also take you to our account with BBS Radio. So there you have it. That's how you access our account. Um, Online at bbsradio.com and make those donations that way. And thank you for taking that action. And as far as helping Tar and Rama, they're caught up right now, but they always need a couple hundred dollars a week for their living expenses. And uh, so as we are making a contribution to Tar and Rama, you can do that by going to the web address and clicking on the donate, donate link. So the web address is Rainbow Roundtable. .net, and you'll find that link on the right hand on the bar <laughs> that's across the top on your computer or in the menu grid as you have another device. Click on that menu grid that shows up, and it'll be at the bottom of that list. So there you go. That's how you find that link uh, to the PayPal account for Rainbow Roundtable. And then as you're there, you can make that donation in any amount using your bank card. If you want to access the um, friends option, you need to put in this email address that, that's for that account for gifting. As that, That's what the friends option is, is a gift. So um, that email that you need to put in that, in that spot <laughs> is... Koran, K-O-R-A-N, 9999 at hotmail.com. And I'll give it to you again, Koran, 9999 at hotmail.com. And you just put that there, and that takes care of the, uh, the commercial charges that apply if you if you don't do it that way. So either way is, is, is fine. We're grateful for all your donations. And uh, as you're sending something, let Rama know that you sent something in that Email for Rama is Koran999 at Comcast.net. Let them know what you sent and when you sent it. And then what else? Oh, yeah, the, the mailing address. If you need the mailing address, it is as follows. Ram D. Berkowitz, R-A-M-D. Berkowitz, B-E-R-K-O-W-I-T-Z. Post Office Box 280280, and that's in Santa Cruz. New Mexico, 87567 is the zip. I'll say it again. Post Office Box, 280, Santa Cruz, New Mexico, 87567.
So there you have it, all the information. My apologies for not being available somehow. I don't know what happens in the ether. <laughs> but uh, I'm back and I'm catching this talking stick, and, and it's loaded full of all kinds of, oh my gosh, just lots of, a lot of snowflakes and winter weather. Uh oh, weather on the talking stick. Sorry about that. <laughs> but we got fire energy and that dragon that's coming along and lots of magical creatures and lots of fairies and feathers and Excalibur Sword of Truth and all the healing rays are with it. Greetings, Tarn Rama. Here comes the talking stick. Greetings, Rainbird. Thank you. Whoops. I heard a little squeak there. Um, um, let's just settle for just one thing, that there's many transformations going on, many transitions going on, many changes going on, and uh, communication is, at least I'm experiencing it now, um, I I hope that the clearing up of how things work for everybody in terms of being having free time to share what we share with you uh, on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, and having economic prosperity so uh, you can contribute to our work as we are committed to staying out of the system at this time, which is, as the faction Three White Knights have been telling Rama for many months, maybe in smaller amounts for years, that the system we've been in is not going to stay. And it's ending this... uh, this hierarchy where the rich, rich, rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And uh, there are many, many, many more changes going on um, each, each day, each week, each month, each year. The quickening is speeding up. It's not backing down to a slowing down process. It's continuing... And we're learning how to absorb these higher frequencies and, you might say, sail with them and, uh, and glide through the bumps. Um, so uh, I will just say for now that between today and tomorrow, we will find a new update coming our way after a few more communications get completed. Right, Rama? Yes. All right. So in the meantime, I will read what Rama learned today from the Faction Three White Knights. It goes like this. I went and sat in the plasma field at 10.45 a.m. mid-morning. The plasma field... Um, as run is run by a quantum computer that is connected 
to the um, amino acid computers of the Ashtar Command Starship, the New Jerusalem. Yes. And I heard on a conversation that somebody was having today, please don't ask me which show I was watching, but they were asking, will the United States become the New Jerusalem? Mm. And and you know that their words USA, the letters at USA are in the center of the word Jerusalem, J-E-R-U-S-A-L-E-M. Anyway, that was an interesting conversation, perked my ears. I think it was a caller that was bringing it up on the Tom Hartman show this morning. Anyway, so to continue here. So, as a, as a result, the plasma field has a voice. And the plasma field said to me, Lord Rama, we are in a time where things are a bit chaotic to say the least, just like this conversation we're having in the first hour of everybody. Yes. And um, clarity comes as we communicate, everyone. Thank you. Yes. Okay. As the energies get higher, we are merging with our fifth dimensional light bodies. We are getting all our gifts and abilities back. This That's is just why. what Aurora Ray said. Pardon? That's just what Aurora Ray said in her message. Okay, well, we'll get a repeat here, but this is coming yeah. from more than from different places. We're getting yeah. uh, confirmation. Okay, this is why it's important to meditate and do the Kundalini Yoga breathing each day. Meanwhile, more and more countries are lining up behind South Africa to hold the United States and Israel accountable for international war crimes and crimes against humanity. Please place all of this in the circle of support and blaze the violet fire. Satnam, namaste. And... Um, I wanted to say one other thing that on the Amy Goodman uh, Democracy Now! show, we're not going to play that tonight, uh, just to um, keep, the keep the energies moving in a different direction, yeah. just because it helps people, because um, we do these wonderful meditations with Steve Nobel before that, and then Mother shares with us, and then as we play Amy, it's like, ugh. <laughs> Oh, dear. I just wanted to say there was a guest on Democracy Now! this morning. Her name is Diala Shamas, or Shamas. I'm not sure how you spell it. But she is with the Center for Constitutional Rights. What was that? Michael Ratner. Michael Ratner created. And he's told so many true things on democracy now that the dark side took him out. Yes. Uh, so this lady, I'm not suggesting anything here, I'm saying that the power of us keeping this whole situation as we transition out of the old system completely 
<clears throat> and into the new. And please, the the stories that you read are horrifying. That's going on with the darkness that wants to keep the power in their hands, yeah. and they already feel it. That it's not just their grip is loosening; it's slipping away faster than they can grab back. So I just want to say, we send that whole situation more love. So she's with the Center for Constitutional Rights. She is a human rights attorney, and she's um, she has been sitting at the uh, uh, ICJ observing South Africa's genocide case against Israel and that she, I guess in the Center of Constitutional Rights and she and others are literally suing mm-hmm. Joe Biden, uh, what's Blinken's first name, Anthony Blinken, uh, those two in particular, for failure to prevent the genocide. Mm-hmm. That's a really strong point I wanted to make. And this is a test of the very, very uh, legitimacy of the South African uh, attorney. Uh, uh, The South African attorney said yesterday, and she said that this is really ultimately a test of the very legitimacy of international law itself and its legal order on a global basis. That's a that's a mouthful. We gotta play this. So now we should play something. We'll just leave that there and keep that in your heart and the circle of support and blaze the violet fire and send more love to that whole situation. Um, things are moving very quickly. I was really quite amazed that they have that a lawsuit against them now. Yes. Let's continue to send more love. We don't do this with violence, not even violent thoughts. Okay, thank you, everybody. Tell everybody what you're gonna what this, this is called. This is Aurora Ray, uh, the art of aura healing, rejuvenating your energy field. Okay, here we go. Do you know how important your aura is? an extremely important part of our well-being. Some scientists think that our aura even exceeds the size of our physical body. Your aura is the electromagnetic field that surrounds your physical body. You are made up of energy, and this energy needs to be kept in balance. When you have an imbalance, this causes an imbalanced aura or a buildup of negative energy that can cause you to feel uncomfortable. It is believed that our thoughts, emotions, and actions affect the size and color of this energy field. The aura contains all of our thoughts, emotions, and memories. It also serves as protection for our bodies by absorbing negative energy from others, which may cause illness or disease. When we are sick or depressed, the person's aura is usually dark and heavy because more negative energy has been absorbed into it. This leads to more illness in the body, which further darkens the person's aura 
creating a vicious cycle. The best way to cleanse and heal your aura is through meditation, breathing exercises, and being in nature. As long as you are in a positive environment, one filled with love, light, and happiness, you will be able to keep your aura clear and bright. The aura is a reflection of how we feel and how we perceive the world around us. Our health, relationships, and life experiences all affect it. What affects our aura? Food and drink, emotions, stress, exercise, sleep patterns, drugs, alcohol, social interactions. The list is endless. When your aura is damaged or unclear, it becomes difficult to heal yourself or others. This is because the healing energy we send out into the world has to pass through our energy field in order to manifest. Our energy fields are like magnets. They attract information and experience that match what's going on inside us. When we are out of balance and there is a lot of negativity in our lives, our aura can become polluted. When we are in this state, it is harder for us to be happy, find love, get the things we want, and enjoy life. When our aura is clean, healthy, and vibrant, it helps us attract good things into our life. A clean aura will help you manifest your desires into reality faster and easier. Cleaning your aura allows you to see life in a more positive light and makes it easier for you to attract positive people into your life. All the modern day stresses, pollution, and negativity can get to your body and mind. Stress related to work, relationships, money, health problems, and many more things can adversely affect your physical and psychological well-being. A toxic environment and a bad lifestyle can negatively affect you on many levels. They can also make you feel dull, drained of energy, and even depressed. Your body is a temple of life force energy that sustains your mind and body. If this energy is blocked or depleted, it could lead to acute health conditions or even cause serious disease in the future. Cleaning your aura is important to keep you healthy and protect you from negative energies. Cleaning your aura can be done naturally without the use of any chemicals or other man-made substances. To cleanse your aura, you must first know what the human aura consists of. The human aura consists of three different layers or fields. The etheric field, the emotional mental field, and the physical field. These layers are all interconnected with each other and interact with one another at all times. The human energy field can be compared to onion as it has many layers, and each layer has its own unique qualities that all together help make up the whole of who we are as an individual. The dirty aura is said to be the cause of several kinds of diseases, and hence it needs to be cleaned. This can be achieved by cleaning the aura from within and without. Soul cleansing and body detoxification should be made a habit. The best way to cleanse your aura is by following a healthy living routine with a positive outlook towards life. If you want to clean your body and aura and improve your life in general, here are some tips. You may have heard of the term vodka disease. This is because alcohol leads to dehydration which in turn can cause your body to eliminate many of its vital nutrients. When you are dehydrated, the liquid that is left inside your body tends to be more acidic than normal. 
And that's why people with a lot of alcohol in their systems often have acidic bloodstreams. Toxins in your body can also lead to an acidic condition. Toxins come from a number of sources, including processed foods and consumer products, as well as cigarette smoke and other types of toxins in the environment. It's no wonder so many people suffer from acid reflux, the term for heartburn that results from excess stomach acid. The good news is that there are many things you can do on a daily basis to help cleanse your body of toxins and promote a healthier pH level. Some of these suggestions may seem like common sense, such as not smoking or overdoing it with junk food, but they can make a big difference over time. Drinking water with lemon every morning on an empty stomach will help you clean your aura and keep it healthy. Lemons are full of vitamin C, which helps to strengthen your immune system as well as purify your blood. Lemon will also assist you with weight loss because it is rich in pectin fiber that fills you up faster and for longer. Lemons are also a great source of potassium, which works synergistically with sodium to control blood pressure levels. Drinking water with lemon first thing in the morning will set a positive tone for your day and give you a healthier complexion. It will also enhance your digestive functions and detoxify both your body and mind. Spend at least one hour in nature each day. This can be on a walk in the park, by the beach, or even in your garden. Always make sure you wear comfortable clothing when spending time outdoors, as this will allow you to feel more relaxed. Meditation practice entails sitting quietly and clearing your mind of all thoughts. This can be difficult at first, but with practice, it will become easier. Practice breathing exercises. Focus on your breathing and try not to think about anything else. Bring your awareness back to your breathing if you start thinking about something else. You can, with an open mind and an open heart, clean up all these stories in you and your aura will become brighter by the second, and you may even feel a lot better than you have been feeling. Then, of course, these practices should be followed daily. That's what I'm trying to get at here. We should take care of our aura every single day. That way, we won't get all kinds of illnesses. Even if we do get one, we'll be able to cure it pretty quickly. I hope this has inspired you to clean your aura and live a healthy and extraordinary life. Aho. This is a message to humanity from Aurora Ray, Ambassador of the Galactic Federation. Scientists warn of a commonly used household item. Okay, real quick, Rama, give the phone number so we can... Uh, 720-716-7301. Or? And the pin code is 353-863-POUND. Okay, everybody. We're going to get off of here in a jiffy because there's a live show coming up and we're going to give TJ at least a minute. <laughs> All right to get started. So we'll see you on the conference, everyone. And then at the end of this next hour, maybe about three minutes before the hour, we'll get back on BBS Radio, Station 2. Uh, no, no, tonight, tonight, Station 1, everybody. Station 1, we're with you, Station 1. All right, namaste, everyone. See you on the conference. Mm-hmm. 
joining us for our weekly vlog. We are moving forward in the light and no matter how inadequate or unprepared you may feel you are in this moment, our sisters and brothers who have recently joined us from our grand central sun want all of us to know that we are ready to co-create the next step of our ascension process. They are standing in readiness to assist us in powerful ways beyond anything we have ever contemplated. Your I am presence has magnetized his information into your sphere of awareness because of who you are and why you are on earth at this time. The information that is the beings of light are sharing with us today is something we are all very aware of on a higher level of consciousness. The divine intent of today's vlog is to remind us of this truth because the time for you and I and the rest of awakening humanity 
to fulfill our purpose and reason for being on earth is now. We have been told that the awesome shifts that were co-created in 2023 paved the way for lightworkers to be able to co-create miracles in 2024. Unfortunately, due to the painful things that are being pushed to the surface in the outer world to be healed and transmuted back into light, many lightworkers are feeling disheartened and erroneously believing that their efforts to assist in Mother Earth's ascension process have been in vain. Because of the unprecedented events being co-created on Earth at this time, through the unified efforts of awakening humanity and the company of heaven, we have been told from on high that the greatest privilege and honor for any son and daughter of God is physical embodiment on planet Earth during this cosmic moment. The beings of light want all of us to remember this truth because they are very aware of how difficult the challenges are that humanity is facing on a daily basis. We all know We all knew it was going to be like this when we volunteered to embody on earth. We chose to come in spite of how daunting or difficult our experience might be. We knew that during our many lifetimes, we had developed all of the skill, knowledge, strength, willingness, and courage necessary to succeed in this monumental mission. Prior to this embodiment, we were shown the divine potential of our heart-based light work and the incredible fifth dimensional new earth we were being called to co-create with the assistance of the company of heaven. When we were shown this glorious vision, we determined that if we could succeed in co-creating this facet of Mother Earth's and humanity's divine plan, no matter what we had to endure in the process, would be well worth our efforts. Now, as a word of encouragement, we are being reminded that for every person who was granted permission to embody on Earth, At this time, there were millions more who were turned away. That is not because we are better than our sisters and brothers. It is because our Father, Mother, God, and the company of heaven felt that with the tenacity and courage we demonstrated in our past lives, we had a better chance of awakening and staying focused on the light in face of the adversity we were destined to encounter during Mother Earth's essential purging process. Humanity is responsible for our human miscreations. So the only way we can co-create the new Earth is if the sons and daughters of God embodied on Earth makes a free will choice to transmute our human miscreations back into light 
in order to do that, our grossly mutated miscreations must be pushed to the surface. To accomplish that, lightworkers have to open our hearts and reclaim the path of divine love that our Father Mother God originally intended for us to experience in this earthly schoolroom. Lifetime after lifetime, between embodiments, our I am presence in the company of heaven evaluate our progress and our karmic liabilities. Together, we come up with a plan that we feel will be most effective in moving us forward in the light during our next embodiment. Part of that plan is always to help us learn our lessons and to clear up as many of our past mistakes as possible. We sometimes choose to be born into some very challenging situations in order to fulfill that part of our mission quickly. However, once we begin to experience the dense physical plane of Earth without any conscious knowledge as to why we would have ever volunteered to experience such difficult situations, we become overwhelmed, which only makes things worse. When that happens, we usually end up creating more karmic liabilities. Fortunately, our I am presence never gives up on us. Every difficult experience we endure actually strengthens our resolve and prepares us to stand our ground in the face of adversity. That difficult training has prepared us for the mission we volunteered to accomplish during this lifetime. That mission includes holding the sacred space for humanity's and Earth's ascension by staying focused on the light, no matter how horrific outer world events appear to be. Our sisters and brothers from our Grand Central Sun are reminding us today that we have been preparing for lifetimes for this moment on planet Earth and that we already have everything we need within us to succeed. That is true in spite of the fact that we may feel overwhelmed or hopeless or inadequate or powerless to accomplish the magnitude of our mission. We are powerful beyond our knowing, and our I am presence is standing in readiness, awaiting the opportunity to reveal to us the next step of our divine plan. Mother Earth and the sons beyond sons in Earth's lineage have ascended into the full embrace of our grand central sun. This has opened the floodgates of heaven to patterns of perfection from the causal body of God and wonders beyond our ability to comprehend with our finite minds. Our I am presence is the only one 
who can accurately reveal what our individual purpose is and what we personally have volunteered to accomplish in this lifetime. That means that we all need to center ourselves every day and ask our I am presence to reveal to us exactly what the greatest need of the hour is for us in relation to our divine plan. Then we can invoke our sisters and brothers in the multi-dimensional realms of illumined truth and ask them to intervene and to assist us in accomplishing our divine plan. Remember, nothing in our life is happening by accident. Every single thing that enters our sphere of awareness is part of our divine plan that we have agreed to experience in this lifetime in one way or another. It is important for us to be consciously aware that every moment of every day with every breath we take, we are given the opportunity to fulfill our purpose and reason for being on earth through our thoughts, feelings, words, actions, memories, and beliefs. Our I am presence knows exactly how to do this. And with the greatly empowered assistance we are now able to invoke from on high, we are more powerful than we have ever been. It is vitally important for all of us to be open and receptive to the guidance of our intuitive I am presence. So pay attention and know that your time is at hand. Dear one, God bless you. I look forward to being with you again next week. Temple of Aphrodite transmission. And as always, open body, open mind. Focusing on the cycle of breath. The in-breath is the invitation of light and energy from the universe around you, 360 degrees, into your physical body. Light. And on the 
the out-breath is the purging and releasing of lower energies from your physical body back to the universe, back to the light. And staying focused on that cycle of breath. The in-breath, the invitation of light into the emotional body a flowing field of energy that surrounds and penetrates the physical body. Anywhere you've taken on dense emotional energy from the 3D matrix, from people around you, on the outbreath, purge and release, sending it back to the light. Allowing more space for your own soul's light in your emotional body. And staying focused on that cycle of breath. The in-breath is the invitation of light into the mental body a fluid field of energy that surrounds and penetrates the emotional and physical bodies. Anywhere you have taken on lower frequency thoughts, belief systems, ideas, values, concepts, opinions, judgments. On the outbreath, purge and release from your mind sending it back to the great star nation, back to the sun, burning and releasing. Allowing more space for your own soul's light in your mental body. And just staying focused on the cycle of breath, the invitation of light into all layers of your field. And the out-breath is the purging and releasing of anything in your energy fields that needs to be released back to the light. And as you continue focusing on the cycle of breath, I call your teams in spirit of the highest light and resonance, your higher selves from the sixth dimension to the twelfth dimension. All 5D to 12D angels, ascended beings, archangels, star beings, star councils working with you, specialist teams in spirit working with you, come be with you now. Just focusing on the breath and allowing the click, the connection in your energy fields. Allow that connection from the crown downwards. 
I call to you now the archangels of the horizontal plane. Always beginning in the east, the place of the rising sun. With Archangel Raphael, Archangel of Air, Archangel of the Mind. The symbol of this angel is a crystal wand. The energy is emerald green fire. As you focus on the wand, calling that fire into your space to hold the space of this meditation. To the south is Michael, Archangel of the Element of Fire, Archangel of the Sun, Warrior Protector Angel. The symbol of this angel is a sword of flaming blue light. The energy is electric blue fire as you focus on the sword, calling that fire into the space to hold your space in this transmission. To the west is Gabriel, Archangel of Water, Archangel of the Emotions, Messenger Angel. The symbol of this angel is a silver chalice and the energy is diamond white fire. As you focus on that symbol, inviting that diamond white fire to hold your space in this transmission. And the fourth angel completing the circle is Uriel, Archangel of Earth, of structure, of the body, of spiritual law. The symbol of this angel is a golden pentacle and the energy is ruby red fire. As you focus on that symbol, inviting that fire to hold your space in this transmission. Four Archangels, four energies and open. Let's also call the Archangels of the Vertical Force, Metatron and Sandalphon. Beginning with Metatron from the Great Central Sun to bring that grid of light down through the Stargate of our Sun, Golden White Fire. the ascension grid down into this ascending dimension of the earth plane.
down into the structure of the building around you, the walls, the floor, the ceiling. Clearing and cleansing the space and protecting the space in this transmission. Let's also call to Sandophon of the crystalline grid of the earth below to bring that diamond white grid up into the foundation of the building you're in. Up into the space you're in. Up to your feet your legs, your base chakra. Grounding you into the earth. Six angels, six energies and open. And let's also invite the goddess Aphrodite into this transmission, her all-embracing energy. The energy of love, of sensuality, of intimacy, of pleasure, also of good fortune. Let's call all ascended beings working with this goddess. And also a specific set of angels. We could call them the angels of love to come be with you now. Let me call on these particular angels to create a sphere of light, of pink crystalline light around you. And this is designed to transport you to the temple of light in the higher planes of Aphrodite. Allowing that pink crystalline light to form around you, 
and allowing the angels now to lift you from the earth plane. Lift you into higher planes of light. journeying to the temple of Aphrodite in the higher planes The journey can be quite quick. As the sphere of light lands in the center of the temple of Aphrodite and begins to dissolve. allowing you to see the space around you. A great temple in the Grecian style. Pillars of white marble Several flowing fountains with pools, filled with precious pearls, emeralds and other gems of blue and green. Lilies and roses grow around the edges of the temple. And there are even some climbing roses entwining around some of the pillars. Just take a moment to allow the space to rise up around you. Perhaps noticing the smell of the temple, which is filled with the scent of African violet, cherry, honeysuckle and sandalwood. There is a golden light flooding into the temple.
Just take a moment to feel the power of this temple. Allow the energy of it to soak into your very being. The healing power of love. The healing power of sensuality and pleasure. The healing power of intimacy. just breathing and opening and softening, softening the mind and heart. And slowly you feel a presence entering. The goddess Aphrodite entering the temple. And you may feel her initially as an all-embracing presence. Or you may feel her as a being of light. Or she may appear to you straight away as a beautiful woman perhaps dressed in the traditional Grecian style, or perhaps some other fashion. However she appears, into the temple now come several female priestesses and attendants who work with the energy of Aphrodite. One of them approaches you. One of the priestesses bids you remove your clothes so that you may enter one of the large pools in the temple. Just take a moment to release all clothing.
and in this large pool there are a few steps leading down into it. Just take the step into the pool, the water is warm. And just immerse yourself in the water, the healing waters. Feel the healing water of this temple already transmitting to a vibration of healing to your heart, helping you heal any old heartbreak or sorrow concerning old relationships, perhaps broken relationships. Slowly, the priestesses and attendants surround the pool. And also begin to add a transmission of healing light to your heart to help you heal old heartbreak or sorrow. And then they are joined by the angels of love in the temple that add their own pink crystalline transmission to the healing energy being sent to you now. Just surrender and allow any old energy of heartbreak to be dissolved in this healing transmission. Surrendering it, releasing it. Feel the healing presence of the goddess joining this transmission of healing. And allow a healing vibration to be sent to your mind 
and mental body to help you heal any old limiting thoughts or pictures of reality concerning physical beauty, physical health. Just allowing this healing transmission to help you feel the innate beauty and sacredness of your physical body. Allowing this transmission to help you feel, know and believe that your body is healthy and attractive. Healthy and attractive. and just open to receive And into this transmission is a prayer to beloved Aphrodite. Beloved Aphrodite, assist me in opening my heart and mind in knowing my true worth and value, in knowing that as I radiate love, it will be returned to me multiplied. Assist me in loving beyond all grasping, attachment and neediness. Assist me in loving beyond all demand or expectation so that I may know and experience love being returned to me manifold in unexpected and delightful ways. Help me to know and experience that the more I give love, the more I radiate love, the more I receive love. Beloved Aphrodite, assist me in experiencing the full pleasure of romantic love so that I may know and truly experience the bliss of romance, passion and love. So that I may truly know and experience this is a great flow of sensual pleasure in my life. So that I may truly know and experience the dance of intimacy and sensuality as being as natural as the sun rising each morning. If you was to add anything to this prayer, please take this opportunity to do so. Sending your prayer through your heart to the goddess in her temple.
And now allow the goddess to manifest in her full beauty and light in her energetic body. And in this feminine, gorgeous form, she begins to step into the pool to touch you, to touch your heart and sacral. bringing you a new, fresh energy. One that feels like a healing and loving breeze. One that regenerates your heart, your mind and body with a new light, as if you're being touched by the essence of many roses. beauty of roses, the beauty of light. Feel her loving presence touch the very core of your sexual being. Reminding you of your innate beauty and light as a child of the universe. Reminding you of the innocence of pleasure. Reminding you of the power of gentle sensual touch. Reminding you of the fire and bliss of intimacy. Just open to receive this transmission from the goddess direct into your energy field, into your heart and sacral, cleansing, expanding, the healing, loving light. Aphrodite turns and steps out of the pool and bids you follow her.
She goes and sits on a marble bench and she bids you sit beside her. She offers you now a gift. And this gift looks like a golden belt or a girdle or a golden sash. This is a gift of the magnetism of love. And this is a gift that enhances the magnetic dance of the masculine and feminine within you and within your reality, bringing more grace, more joy into that dance, more love into that dance, more pleasure into that dance. Take this gift and wrap it around your body. If you have a stronger feminine energy, then perhaps this gift is best placed around your sacral. If you have a stronger masculine energy, then this gift perhaps is best placed around your solar plexus. And if you feel you have a pretty balanced energy, then you must choose where you place this gift. goddess leans forward and kisses you, perhaps on the forehead, perhaps on the cheek, perhaps on the lips. And as she does so, her form begins to dissolve into golden light. disappearing from the temple.
her priestesses and attendants rise and leave the temple. Once more, angels of love gather around you, creating a sphere of pink crystalline light. This sphere is designed to bring you back through time and space to the earth plane. allowing the sphere to form and begin to lift you out of the temple. And back towards this time and space. Back towards your present reality. Upon coming back, the sphere of light begins to dissolve. And the angels of love leave you. Just take a moment to breathe and open. Thank you all angels for taking part, angels of love. All beings working with Aphrodite. The goddess Aphrodite herself. Archangels of the vertical force plane, Metatron and Sandophon allowing them to step back. Archangels of the horizontal plane, Uriel, Gabriel, Michael, Raphael, allowing them to step back.
your teams in spirit of the highest light and resonance. Allowing them to step back. Just feeling the power of the transmission flowing through you. And this transmission is offered to you as always with love and blessings, love and blessings. we said earlier Amy go so we're gonna make a different transition tonight from uh, Steve Nobel to mother to Rama made a few choices <laughs> so at this point in time we are all servants of peace in the world and most especially call on peace in the Middle East and anywhere and the end to violence love is always the answer war is over and is never the answer Thank you, Tegan, for the chorus. <laughs> Greetings, Mother. In the light of the most radiant one, in the office of the Christ, and only in the office of the Christ, we invoke loving energies of Saint Germain and Violet Flame. We ask at this time for the light of ten trillion suns to be with us and for a good yawn <laughs> to be with us. 
And for Mother to be with us, I pass this talking stick to you, Mother. Greetings, children of Ra. <laughs> it is a glorious time to be here. Like Patty said, this is the place. This is the time we got all the stuff within us. How we do it with love is the biggest test. And we will be pulled this way, that way, the other way. That's how the energies work in this dimension. Gotta stay the course. It's a big deal. The seas are a bit choppy right now. The sharks are out. I will be gone soon. Very soon. It is about the energies pouring in. This story about the Grand Central Sun. Not just Great Central Sun. There are sons and daughters that are here from distant galaxies. This cosmic story of seven super universes. And this one called the Matter Universe. It's quite a challenge to keep it all straight. Let's put it that way. It is, Mother. Yes. There is so many different levels and so many different things going and so many different interpretations of what's going on because of all these different levels. Where's that flash? Any time. Just watch the sun. You'll know. It's, it's, it's definitely a challenge to chase rugrats. Yes. And to be economically challenged, I would say... It is. A lot of people, anyway, quite a few people. Even though all the positive things, there's something about the level of jumping quantumly from 3D to 5D. It is happening. In spite of our best efforts... To stay stuck. It's not working. 
the light has won. It's this challenge of keeping one's focus. It's a big one. It's just that, I mean, I, I thought that this prosecutor in Georgia was, you know, she was, uh, she was, anyway, in the last little while I've been learning, she's been being challenged as to whether she's integral or not. Let's say that the laws have been skewed and it's about the word magic. How words are used to change vibrations, energies, and certain things mean other certain things, gets cloudy and blurry. And when lots of money is involved in this realm, things really get Muddy. <sighs> Place the violet fire. It is this larger story. Can a former president so called? be held accountable no one let's say the 
laws of the universe step in as you're messing with the delicate balance order of the universe right now because the light is so tremendous that's pouring in. Gotta stay in the oneness in the fifth dimension or things happen. That's the big test to stay in the light of the oneness here. That's why we keep telling this one, leave the matrix alone. Yes, we will speak a bit louder. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Each day, with what's unfolding, gotta stay in the radiance of the Christ light pouring in that energy transcends all the other stuff varying degrees of this light as changing reality space-time matter because we are in a polar universe, positive, negative, like the poles on a battery. Aren't we beyond that though now? This universe... Keep on talking about the oneness, which polarity is... I know there's... It's part of the consistency that holds the fabric of the universe together. What we can say about it. Yeah, because there's different levels, right? Different levels. As we ascend, the polarity game fades away. There is just a oneness. The big challenge here, not to get pulled this way and that. That's the polarity. This is why 
it's important to meditate every day and just keep things simple. The dramas that are unfolding we are not sure how to put it into words. Staying in that oneness, not getting swayed. And that's about us doing our disciplines, sadhana, what you wish to call your spiritual practices. With all of what's unfolding, it is best to stay neutral, not get caught in the Maya. That's a really big deal. What's happening now is the prosecutors in all the different Trump cases are getting threats, death threats. <laughs> that's because the intensity of the story has to come to an end. The end of it is we are taking our wayward children to Dracos. And it's happening a lot sooner than later. I give up on that thing about timing, Mother. No, uh, we're not going to talk about time. Well, when I hear that word soon or sooner. Uh, uh, yes. I don't want Rama to have to try to find a job. No, this is not the time for that. Well, Rama keeps on bringing it up because we're on the edge of the support level of being able to continue, you know. Yes, and it is about this mission that is before us yes which is divine love compassion kindness in the midst of watching Mordor go down it's not a small thing Well, there's a thing up here. It says, Mediaite releases audio, allegedly, of Trump ally Roger Stone threatening to kill two congressmen. 
This yes. is right now, going on right now. And it is about our wayward children who are cornered. And the time is now to remove them. I don't think the two congressmen that are being threatened to be no. killed are those kind of people. The two congress people are pointing out the truth. The truth, yes. So the the mob, voice of Roger Stone mob, is threatening to get them out of the way here. I, we can just say, work with the violet flame, the threefold flame, the rose-colored rays, bringing peace into this realm right now. Okay, well, there we go with the timing again. Now, now, and now, and now. <laughs> Are we best be on our way? Got lots to do here. Okay. Thank you, Mother, so much. Yes. Until we meet again on our mission. Yes. Send more love to these situations, because... It is at the end. The light has won. Greetings in the light of the most radiant one. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Sabayo. Ilyahu. Ilyahu. Whoops. Ilyahu. Yote. Bote. Yava. Adonai. Basu. Barak. Basu. Barakas. Namaste, Mother. Namaste. Hi, Rob. Hello. Are you here now? I think so. Where were you? Hmm. A turquoise bluish lagoon, and I was experiencing. Um, 
The best way I could describe it is mermaids helping to clean up the water and the on the earth uh, in the oceans. Yes. Yeah. And other folks from the different. Uh, super civilizations around the planet in the water it's imperative that it gets clean and I I just was experiencing the silence the calmness in this lagoon and um It was kind of amazing to experience because he could just stay there forever. <laughs> and um, let's say the mission is calling us back. <laughs> so we should... Um Go to the next piece, Homer. Huh, yes. Okay, this is called How We Are All Connected. And it says here, first of all, we haven't heard from, this is by Dr. Carl Johan Kalaman. Isn't that Margie's friend that we went to see together yeah. up there in Truchus? Yeah. On that land. Mm-hmm. That's been years now. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's got a whole nother level of belief. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I guess you're willing <laughs> to take the chance. You want to hear this, okay? Yeah. Okay. Intuition is a form of communication. Examine the ways our intuition might come to us and how we are affected by one another and our environment. To what extent is it important to be aware what we communicate to the rest of the planet? to be aware of what we communicate. Featuring Dr. Carl Johan Kellerman, Graham, Gar, Graham Gardner, David Gibson, Erwin Las, oh my gosh, Lasio. It's that very light print. Dr. Patrick Mac Manaway, Dr. Roland McCarth, McCrabby, <laughs> Penny Pierce, Dr. Dean Radine, and Dr. Beverly Rubick. Well, uh, Dr. Beverly, yes, Rubick. All right, well, let's just get started. This is. Uh, 42 minutes. All right, here we go. Hmm.
15 years ago, the idea that living systems would take advantage of quantum mechanics was considered laughable. It's hard to fathom how you get a hunk of matter to become conscious, honestly. My brain downloaded the mind from the cosmic center. 4,000, 5,000 years ago, we would have called it the Akashic dimension. Today, we call it reality. It's all kind of simple but complex at the same time. Hopefully that helps. Mm -hmm. How many of you are mothers and how many of you have had the experience of when your child is up to no good or in harm's way and they're on the other side of the town or maybe on the other side of the planet? You know, about every mother I've ever asked that raises their hand. Of course, we know that that's a real thing. Well, someone has to connect them. When you go to the doctor's office, you put electrodes across your, your heart, your chest, right? Or you can measure brain waves, put electrodes on the, the scalp. What you're measuring is current flow, the flow of electricity. That's why it's called the electrocardiogram. I mean, of course, the heart is the largest source of rhythmic electrical energy in the body by far. And we know from just basic physics that whenever you have a flow of electrical current, you create a magnetic field. Whenever the heart beats, you create a magnetic field. And it's interesting that in oral medicine, the heart is kind of the center of the energy system and the brain is not even considered much in our own medicine compared to the West, where we think this is regulating it all. With today's magnetometers, you can measure the cardiac field, the field produced by the beating heart, about three feet from the body, or you lose sensitivity. The field goes much farther, of course. That's just the sensitivity of the, the measuring instrument. And you can do the same thing. You can measure brain waves external to the body as well, but you lose sensitivity with the same instrument about an inch away from the head. So obviously three feet, an inch, uh, the heart field is the big player when we're talking energetically or magnetically in terms of our bio biologically generated magnetic fields. We all use magnetic fields every day to communicate. Most people have smartphones, right? So I often ask the question, well, how does the information uh, when you're on your phone, your, your voice or the text message, picture, whatever, get from your phone to the cell tower? In this case, it's an electromagnetic field that carries that information from your phone to the cell tower, right? And phones work inside, right? So we know that, everybody knows that, but they don't necessarily think about it, but it's the magnetic component in particular that goes through the walls. You can even be in an elevator and your phone will work. When the heart beats in that magnetic field, easily goes right through the skin and radiates into the space around us. So we can think of this as our personal field environment. We're sending energy out into the universe that's impacting other living critters, other persons and animals and plants. You might say it's our auric field. For example, I watched the film Conversations with God, which has its uplifting moments and then its uh, dramas of, of homelessness, etc. And I watched my emotions go on a roller coaster with our dynamic emotional detector. And with this detector, nothing is hooked on my body. I'm sitting four, five, six feet away from the detector. And so my auric field 
is affecting that detector, which is also shielded from all conventional energies. So that means human beings have an emotional field that goes out from the body that impacts other critters. And there are lots of support for the suggestion. So we were able to get five groups, 20 people in each group. It's not like they were studying in a room together for 30 days, you know, meditating or something. They were going about their normal lives. We had one in um, here in California, a group in Saudi Arabia, a group in Lithuania, a group in New Zealand, and one in uh, the UK. They wore these devices for 30 days that record their heart rate variability, the beat to beat change in heart rate, which actually reflects the activity in their nervous system. The heart does not beat like a clock ticks. If it does, that's not a well heart. That's a sick heart. The heart shows some level of variability in its beating pattern. It beats a little faster when you breathe in and a little slower when you breathe out. The greater the heart rate variability, the healthier the autonomic nervous system and the heart. And that's the most common way really to monitor stress is through autonomic uh, measures of heart rate variability. We organized for all of those groups globally to synchronize a time that they all did a 15-minute heart-based meditation, which we call a heart lock-in. It's one of the heart math techniques where you really kind of lock into the, the heart, pretend you're breathing through the heart to get the coherent rhythm going, but then you activate sincere feelings of appreciation and genuine connection, and then ra consciously radiate that to yourself and others. Right? So we all did this together, all the five groups, at the same time. When we time-synchronized the data, what we found was just jaw-dropping. After 15 minutes of us being in a coherent state, personally, the slow rhythm and people's heart rhythms are synchronizing. Even across vastly different time zones, this is a global phenomenon. This actually was puzzling to us. I mean, we were so shocked by it, like, what? You know, as good scientists, we tried to make it go away, you know, do all the double checks and things and couldn't. The only thing that we could really explain it was that they're all synchronized to another signal that they're all exposed to. The rhythms in the Earth's magnetic field. I've heard so many times people saying, well, on some level, we're all connected. What we're seeing here with the Earth human magnetic research, I think gives us uh, a plausible mechanism. And I'm not saying this is the only way we're interconnected, but it's certainly one that appears to be very real and very measurable. So if we're all connected to the field, like I'm suggesting, feeding information into the field, well, that's how mom and or dads too can have the same thing, are connected to their children. And what tunes our inner receivers, just kind of like the cell phone, right, is what we care about. We tend to be tuned into the information. We pull the information from the, the field of the people that are close to us, that we love, that we care about. Uh, what a mess it would be if moms were tuned into the however many billion kids there are. You know, right? So it's really, um, it, it, again, it's our emotional systems that tend to tune us to the emotional, to the information of interest out of the, the global field. The Schumann resonance is a frequency that vibrates between the Earth and the ionosphere. It, whenever lightning strikes, it triggers that space between the Earth and the ionosphere. And lightning strikes all the time somewhere on the planet. You can think of the resonant space within our atmosphere the same as the resonant space in a violin or a guitar. 
and it's a particular shape and it's a particular size and it's constantly being stimulated by the solar wind like the solar wind beats on the edge of our ionosphere like a hand beats on the skin of a drum so the sun is endlessly and continually creating what are called micropulsations um, which are a full spectrum of natural resonances that we then live in so because of the speed of light and the depth of that cavity and the distance around the earth the primary standing wave that establishes is 7.83 waves per second so think sitting on a beach watching waves hit the beach if 7.83 of those hit the beach every second you'd be listening to schumann wave the cool thing about the schumann resonance is it's right at the threshold of the theta and alpha brainwave states when we close our eyes and relax we go down to about 8 hertz brainwaves so in other words um we seem to recapitulate or um we're in sync with mother earth at our lowest ground state level of consciousness closing the eyes and going inward the frequencies of consciousness the beta alpha theta and delta those are actually literally four octaves and the midpoint is the schumann resonance so we think feel physiologically have a vibration intelligence uh two octaves below and two octaves above schumann there's a research project that shows that it entrains all the brains on the planet into that threshold of theta and alpha which gives us a stable consistent brainwave state we share that uh communal resonance literally with the planet because it is the planet's resonance and so everything that's established itself here has to be tied to that and it's been doing it for hundreds of millions of years right so we're kind of addicted to it so much so that if you don't get it you can get sick they actually give it to astronauts electromagnetically probably the most important frequency on our planet it's not really the frequency of our planet it's a frequency in the atmosphere but it's the number one vibration that we are in tune to it's like nature to get back to it is like a way of reconnecting to nature so that's really one of the most important brainwave frequencies even so there's eight schumann resonances and schumann was a german mathematician who predicted the existence of these so they're named after him that's why that name there's eight of them first one is 7.83 hertz right then 14 20 and so on turns out all eight of the schumann resonances overlap with human brainwaves so what i just say the two primary magnetic systems and rhythms of earth overlap exactly our heart rhythms and our brain rhythms now what's really fascinating and i don't know if this means anything or not yet but it's it's an interesting observation and earlier i talked about how the heart's the big field 3 feet brainwave an inch that you can measure magnetically well it's the same ratio at earth scale so the field line resonances which are the same as the heart are many orders of magnitude larger than the schumann resonances right so it's the same kind of ratio that earth's operating at as humans are operating at but 
the reason this is important, I think, to understand is, again, if we time travel back to science class, we know if you take two tuning forks, tune to the same frequency, and you tap one, the other starts to vibrate. You know, or two guitar strings to tune to the same note. Then that's used to demonstrate what's called resonant coupling. So with our tuning forks, guitar strings, and so on, what's mediating that um, energy transfer between the two tuning forks is air molecules. Just like I'm talking now, I'm vibrating air, and it's creating waves that go through the air to the microphones or people's ears, and you hear it. Well, it's the same thing with the tuning forks. Systems that vibrate at the same frequency, you can transfer energy and information between them. Okay. Well, it works exactly the same way with magnetic fields, only you don't need the air molecules to mediate the effect. How do we know this? Well, cell phones again. Everybody has a cell phone. These invisible magnetic waves are all around us. How does my phone transfer the energy and information from the one that we want? Well, you literally tune the circuitry in the phone, the receiver, to be resonant with the frequency of interest. As soon as we do that, voila, you transfer the energy and information from these invisible waves into the phone, amplify it, and we're having our conversation. So I'm just saying it's the same thing. We're, we are, our brains and hearts are operating at the same frequency as the primary rhythms in the Earth's magnetic fields, which we all live within. So to kind of circle back around to how I started, I'm suggesting through resonance, our hearts and brains are coupled to the Earth's field. Okay. So this, um, this is something that's actually testable. There's many, many studies now that this is beyond a hypothesis that the fields we live within, the Earth's magnetic fields and the rhythms and, and uh, disturbances in those fields affect humans. And we, we certainly have different, different people have different sensitivities to it, but we're all affected by it. So when the magnetic fields of Earth are disturbed, for example, through a solar flare or something like that, um, hospital missions go up for a wide range of health conditions. Uh, people tend to be more edgy, don't sleep as well, kind of wake up and more frustrated or, you know, edgy feeling without a, any kind of reason that you can trace it to. These are all things that go on. But I'm suggesting it's really a two-way street that we're also feeding the field. So that's kind of one of our slogans within the global coherence work is to consider what am I feeding the field? What's the information I'm putting into my local field, which then is coupled to the big field of the earth. According to quantum theory, the new physics, the universe may be gargantuan, but it's in us. Not only are we in the universe, the universe is in us. Because everything that makes the universe what it is, today we would call it all the information, all the energy flows, is actually reflected in every cell of our body, in every, every atom in every cell, because we are interconnected. There's an ecological connection in which there's an interdependence of large systems, but this is deeper than that. This is saying that it is not simply that we are interdependent on each other, but that there's aspects of you and aspects of me which are literally the same thing. They appear to be separated in space and time, but that's only because we're, we're kind of embedded in it. We, we see things in an everyday sense as though we're separated. At a deeper level, that actually may not be the case at all. It's an entirely new way of thinking. It's also a very old way because the great thinkers of antiquity, the Buddhists, for example, the Taoists knew this, and they considered the universe as an interconnected whole, which is suffused by a higher spirit. 
if you have a group of people out there who are suffering, that is affecting you. Whether you even know it or not is affecting you because you're part of that. So the moment you understand that somebody else's suffering is your suffering, literally, then, well, what are you going to do about it? It's not even limited to life on Earth. It's, it's like life in the universe, perhaps, or maybe just the universe in general. So it is so big, it's hard for our little pea brains to kind of grasp it. But that would be the implication of the kind of interconnectedness we're talking about. As far as we know, this universe is a single resonated field in which all things are connected with all other things. It gives us an entirely different view from the standard classical view of a material universe where bits and pieces of matter just moving about in passive space and in different time. So if I wish to use my attention to pay to pay attention in a focused way to something which is far away from me, then it's conceivable that there's portions of my brain, my physical brain, which are actually there in the same way that a quantum particle can be here and there at the same time. We reflect the universe because we are connected to it. We are part of it. These concepts are so basic, so large, that you can't simply deduct them, reduce them, or derive them from something else. They are fundamental. And then beyond that is like the causal realm where your life purpose resides, all your your memory of, of other lifetimes and the whole history of the planet, really. The, what they call the Akashic Records is out there. It's all one big thing and it's a big collective consciousness at that level. The Akasha was the dimension the Hindu seers talked about. They said there are the four regular dimensions, air, water, fire, and earth. They called this the standard dimension, but they said there is a higher or deeper dimension, if you like, which includes all the others. This is beyond all the others. It includes all the others. It's the deep dimension. Later on, Plato himself talked about this as a Platonic dimension of the soul, of consciousness. I do think that there is an energy version of every physical thing. Just like Plato said, you know, there's, there is a non-physical energy pattern that is inside of every physical thing that gives rise to that form. It's like a blueprint for a house. You follow it, it creates the house in its physical version of the two-dimensional blueprint. The Akashic field is the universe. It's how the universe appears to us. And we inquire how things are connected, how things are conserved. We find the answer today through the quantum sciences. All things are connected to all other things and nothing disappears completely without a trace. Today we can call it the universe as it appears in the quantum sciences. It's an Akashic universe, you might say. We're not just physical matter, so to speak. That's the old Newtonian view. We are created by an underlying invisible quantum field of interfering waves. And that brings a completely new perspective to spirituality, to healing, and to many other things as well. Quantum theory, as it was developed about a hundred years ago by Max Planck, Albert Einstein, Niels Bohr, and Erwin Schrödinger, was really a theory about quantum phenomena on the microcosmic, subatomic level. As I have found, 
that will not suffice in order to understand the, the big scale evolution of the universe and how we humans fit into it ourselves. It's a big step between a little electron that the original pioneers of this science were studying and how humans relate to each other. I do feel intuitively as a scientist, there's a whole realm of reality that's uh, giving rise to this physical realm. And we have some concepts, for example, from quantum physics that would go along with that theoretically. So we can think of it as a sea, and we're only able to see the waves. We can't see the infinite potential of this vast sea of energy. We only see the individual waves popping up into physical existence. The Maya actually developed a macrocosmic quantum theory to understand human life in the big perspective and how that evolved. The pyramids that they built, they were not the smooth kind of pyramids that you find in Egypt or many other places. They were built as terraces. And each of these terraces, nine of them, almost always, represents a level of consciousness, you might say. Each of them is also developed by a particular wave, a wave of creation. When you climb one of those pyramids, which is what their shaman kings would do a thousand years ago, the step from one of these terraces to the other symbolizes a quantum leap between one aspect of creation, one state of consciousness to another. When you start to look upon history in this perspective, things happen independently in separate locations. You have pyramids being built in Peru or in Mongolia or in Egypt and so forth. It's like they're downloading a new mind, actually. What makes the Maya stand out among all ancient traditions is that they had numbers. They had a calendar. Whenever there is a significant shift date, a wave shift, so to speak, in the, in the Mayan calendar, we can see when that happened. We can see how does, does that fit with the evolution of the various phenomena. The sixth wave that was activated 3115 BCE People went from Stone Age to building pyramids in Egypt in maybe seven generations. I mean, almost nothing. It happened like this. The quantum model also makes us, we don't have to uh, um, wonder about something that might have been before or anything like that. Uh, because if it's a quantum shift, it is bound to happen suddenly, instantaneously, more or less. And that is one of the characteristics of quantum theory. Quantum leaps happen instantaneously. The seventh wave, 1755. One thing, obviously, at that time that happened was the Industrial Revolution. Another was the attraction to republics and democracies, basically. The ideals, at least, started to manifest then in the American and the French revolutions that whole process have been going on ever since. People think that, oh, I did this, or I did that, or whatever we did. And there's some truth to that. Of course, we play a role as co-creators, but we did not create the quantum state that allowed these changes to happen in the first place. I believe that everything that ever happened 
is here to influence what is happening now. I don't believe that it determines what's going to happen in the future. I think this universe has a degree of freedom. Things can be created, things can evolve, things can be decided yet. We can create the future. Not without limits, of course. It has to be built on what has already been there. But the past does not determine the future. The future is determined by how we interact in the present. Together, all of us, that means all beings in space and time, through their interaction, create the world that is coming to be. The dowsing tool acts as uh, an informational bridge, if you will. And most people think of dowsing as uh, finding water. And that's the typical image is of the, the chap with the forked stick striding across the field looking for a water supply. But dowsing is just a means of accessing our intuition. It enables us to tune into our subconscious and uh, we can tap into other sorts of uh, energy fields as well. We're here today at the world's largest stone circle, which is Avery in Wiltshire. And we're going to be exploring some of the earth energies that we find here on this lovely British summer's day. In the 18th century, antiquarian William Stukeley did the first drawing and the first survey of the site. And he called it the Great Serpent Temple of Wiltshire. And that's because there are two avenues of stones that led from the circle down to smaller sites. So it seems that it was a ceremonial site. The number of stones here is quite impressive. It's a really impressive feat of megalithic engineering. It's important to dowsers because it is almost in the centre of what's called the Michael Line. And that's an alignment of sites that runs from southern Cornwall uh, all the way up to uh, Norfolk, where it enters the sea at uh, Hopton. And that's a straight alignment that connects many sites, such as uh, Glastonbury Tor, uh, Avery, uh, Bury St Edmunds Abbey, and so on. And around this site, we have the Michael and the Mary currents, and one's called male and one's called a female current. And here, the two currents interact and, uh, and connect at two or three points throughout the circle before they go on their way. But these are the things that dowsers are interested in. The Earth meridian, which we traditionally call dragons, might be 40 feet wide. In scientific terms, these are called telluric currents and Schumann waves. So they are recognized, but the old fashioned uh, talk about them was as dragons, which I find more poetic and actually more engaging to the imaginal mind. The dragons, as it were, or the meridians, really are the flux lines of a toroidal field. On the human body, we map them only on the surface, but actually, if we look at the toroidal field, we have wings that go out, and those meridian lines are just the surface pathway of something that then goes out and includes a vibrational space around us. And we're very familiar with how that looks on the Earth. We've got a north-south pole and a magnetic field around it, and that's what holds the atmosphere in and the solar radiation out. So the dragons hold the place together, and then we've got Earth and air and fire and water is the platonic division of those fixed states. But they're all obviously vibrational states, and those create our perceptual environment that we can move in a physical way through where fish in an ocean of vibration as it were vibrational bubbles in a, a vibrational ocean when i met some dowsers from the british society of dowsers in 1999 this was down in cornwall at the uh, solar eclipse and i discovered that all these things that i was doing could all be called geomancy geo means anything to do with the earth and anything mancy 
means divination. And so chiromancy, for example, is palm reading. Taromancy would be card reading. And so generically, geomancy simply means divination of place. So it relates to accessing the vibrational, energetic spirit, intelligence of the physical environment. Dowsing is a tool that allows us to detect things like these uh, earth energies that we look for. Geomancy is how we apply them. So we can manipulate these energies and uh, we can attract them to uh, enhance the energies of an area or get rid of any detrimental energies. So it's kind of like Western feng shui is the, the easiest way to describe it. Coming through here down the site, we have both the Michael and Mary lines running right down the site. So I'm just going to see if I can pick up the nearest one. A little bit tricky in the wind here with these rods. Let's try. So I'm looking for the center of the current. Here we are. That's one of the currents. I'm not sure which one. But I can ask questions of the rods as well. So I say, is this the Michael current? And the rods cross, which is a yes for me. So this is the Michael. So the next one I come across should be the Mary current. Let's see if we can find the center of that. Here it is. So this is the center of the line that I'm dowsing here. Now these can be several meters wide. So I'll just carry on and ask for the edge. So I'm just focusing and looking for the edge of the line here. Dowsing's all about the mental focus. And here it is here. So you can see this is probably about six meters across here, the whole thing. And these two lines come right down through the henge and they go off and they split and they go and connect other areas in the Avery complex. And these flow all the way from southern Cornwall up to Norfolk, weaving in and out of this, uh, this straight alignment. So I'm going to try and follow the Mary current here, trying to find where the two currents cross. So if I look to the center again, here's the center. So I can just use one rod here and I can follow the current. So the tip of the rod kind of sticks to the center of the line. And where it crosses with the Michael current, this happens. So this is what's called a node point. You get a little rising vortex of energy. So this is where the Michael and the Mary intersect. It's just at the entrance to the main circle. We can completely identify the energy field of a person with the energy field of a place. And so whatever happens to you when you go to your acupuncturist, they're checking your pulses, they're checking your chi flow, they're looking at different meridians. There's no difference in the energy field of a person and a planet except for scale. The planet's just a bigger body than we are. So everything that your acupuncturists are doing, everything that your energy workers, your healers are doing, um, we're really doing that on the planet, just adapting to scale. I do literally use needles, and uh, they would be alarming if your acupuncturist approached you with them. I think we're seeing needles of stone all over Britain and old Europe in the network of standing stones and stone circles. With the shift from nomadism to agrarianism and wanting them to manage landscape energies for extending growing seasons, increasing germination rates, enhancing health and crops. They seem to get into an energetic management system that sort of more looks like tuning pegs on a musical instrument. And so they left their needles in, probably adjusted them regularly on a seasonal basis. 
is St. James's Church in Avery, and it's interesting that the church is not placed within the stone circle. It's deliberately placed outside. Normally, in other sites like this, you will find that the church has been built over the original pagan site uh, as a way of taking control of the energies and uh, uh, subsuming them into Christianity, if you will. Uh, but here, because uh, the circle is so big and the energies are so strong, they've had to build it outside the circle. But it's an interesting church, and unfortunately, we can't get in today because it's locked. It has a Norman font dating back to the um, 11th century, I think it is, which has a wonderful carving on it of a bishop uh, with his mitre slaying two dragons around the base of the font. So he's pinning the heads of the dragons into the ground. Uh, and this is really a metaphor for the act of foundation uh, in, in geomancy by uh, building our sacred site on these particular confluences of dragon energies. We fix the energies in place and we create our, our sacred site. It's what energizes the space. In terms of the application of this work in agriculture, best we can date around the Avery complex six and a half thousand years ago, 4,500 BC. And it seems like that was then farmed sustainably until our so-called green revolution, the move away from what we would now consider organics towards enhancing crop diet with chemical fertilizers, fungicides, pesticides, and so forth. Husbandry became agricultural science, and the qualities of traditional farmers, as with so much in our culture, were set aside perhaps as being of fantasy or folklore or trivial or non-consequential. So this is the, the West Kennet Avenue, which is one of two avenues of stones that once led from the Avery Circle. The other was called the Beckhampton Avenue, but not much of that survives now, apart from a couple of stones. And this runs over a mile from the main circle, weaving through the landscape up to a site called the Sanctuary, which is a smaller circle that was uh, probably just timber posts. Maybe it had a roof on it. So it seems clear that this was probably a processional route for entering into the main circle which is why we think the, the Avery Circle was a, a gathering place, uh, probably a regular ceremony, maybe at midwinter or midsummer or something like that, where thousands of people would gather. So running down the centre of this avenue is the Michael Current. That's uh, the male current of the uh, alignment. And here it is here. He's the centre of it. And the width of it, if I just go back and do that again. So looking for the edge of the Michael Current here. It's here, so it's as wide as the stones at this point. It's actually getting wider as it comes down. I'm just going to check the other edge. Yeah, so it's the width of the avenue. And this is very typical of these big wide dragon lines. We often find they are, this is why we call them dragon lines, because they are so wide, they are so energetic. Normally, energy lays can be uh, a little bit narrower than this. Typically, uh, two to three meters is about normal for an energy lay. But these dragon lines are very wide because they're so powerful. You know, this the Michael alignment goes all the way around the globe. It's a great circle that goes right around the planet, and these dragon lines weave in and out like snakes around the caduceus. There are still several stones in the main circle that remain buried beneath the ground. You know, in Victorian times and earlier than that, it was uh, fashionable to try and get rid of these these pagan monuments. So many of the stones were broken up and incorporated into the houses in the village. In fact. There are still several in the main circle that remain buried. 
So geomancy is about enhancing our relationship with the place. We try and seek out these environments that are beneficial to human life. So uh, much of the problems we have these days is that people are building houses and living over these unhealthy earth energies. So the job of a geomancer like myself is to come in and try and uh, neutralize or, or change those energies to more beneficial ones. It's still quite an emergent field. When my parents started their work, there was so much cultural prejudice. Their kids weren't allowed to play with the minister or doctor's kids because they were obviously dangerous people. And... Um, there was there was just a lot of fear and worry about it. And now pretty much everybody's next door neighbor is a Reiki master. My work over the last 25 years, huge amount of it has been helping people with their domestic spaces. The World Health Organization at one point declared that 30% of our buildings were sick buildings, meaning that 20% or more of the occupants or inhabitants were showing health or comfort problems uh, relating from the site itself. Shocking, huge statistic. Some of my work is helping clients with commercial spaces. If it's a sick commercial space, then maybe it stands vacant without tenancy. Maybe there's a high rate of sick leave or turnover. Maybe there's some vibe around it where people don't want to go in and either eat or buy or do whatever. So that includes many possible sources of environmental stress from air quality to light quality to electromagnetic fields. Uh, but then also uh, in my interest area, the geopathic stress where the earth energies are out of balance or inappropriate. The two main components of the uh, earth energy picture, if you like, uh, the yin and the yang uh, is water and energy. Water is very yin energy, so uh, we find it's not good to be sleeping over water lines or, or water sources. Um, this is typically an unhealthy zone to be sleeping in, and over time it will deplete your immune system and allow illnesses to take hold. And also, like sleeping over an energy line can be too much of a good thing. We want these yang energies in our sacred spots, like our churches and our stone circles, our temples, our meditation chambers, even our workplaces, but it's not good to have them running through your bed because you would have trouble sleeping. So that's the main job of a geomancer in a day-to-day -day context, is to try and balance these energies within, within the home. We all have this ability, you just have to unlock it. So uh, it really does open doors in your mind. So I encourage everybody to uh, take it up. It really helps us get in touch with our intuitive side and makes us more aware of the world around us, which is uh, all good. And then comes the ninth wave, which was activated in 2011. I think people are now only in the process of downloading it slowly. It certainly hasn't come to any dominating uh, role yet, but it's there. Some people are working on it. And it seems that the ninth wave is meant to bring us back to a state of non-separation, to, to a state of, of, of unity, and no longer projecting uh, dualities, separations on ourselves or on others. And that has the properties of the divine. Billions of galaxies and trillions of stars. And here we are like a speck of dust in all of this, but an important speck of dust with our own channel to the divine. Life is only possible if every quantum, every particle in every cell of our body cooperates with every other cell. 
This is a permissive universe in that sense. It allows many things to happen. You are not forced into a big wheel where we can only do one thing. That's a lesson we are now learning and we have to make use of it because we cannot just keep going doing what we have been doing. That would lead to more and more breakdowns. We have to go forward and create a world where all people interact, where all people can live, all people can flourish. We can do it. The information is there. Our technologies properly used, properly developed can serve this. It's up to us. So I think it's a tremendous opportunity. It's an exciting time to live. I wouldn't exchange it for any other time in history. exciting time to be alive ever amazing all right we better get quick here because the time is flying it's really getting later than we thought it would be at this time it's called channeling postcards from heaven what as the conversation in your head or the memory expressed in your dream state was actually communication from a loved one on the other side. Join internationally known spirit medium, best-selling author, teacher, and television personality Maureen Hancock as she shares footage from her work connecting with the deceased through sessions known as Postcards from Heaven. A survivor of two near-death experiences in early life, Hancock began receiving communication from her Irish ancestors as a clairvoyant gift. After honing her intuitive abilities, she now sees messages, nature and dreams, in nature and dreams, also acting as a personal channel for, oh, what's that word? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, dear. For clients. All righty. George Norrie is the host. Maureen Hancock is the guest. So here we go. Right now, 42 minutes. Uh, 
Welcome to this edition of Beyond Belief. Maureen Hancock is with us, a world-renowned spirit medium, healer, and author of The Medium Next Door. She has helped people connect with loved ones who have passed on, and that, my friend, is a great tribute to you. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. I'm so excited. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good. How did you become a medium? So as a child, I had lead paint poisoning back in the day when everything was lead paint based. That's right. I chewed on the window cells, one of nine family imposters. What were you doing chewing on the window? How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good. How did you become? Um, TJ, I can hear all kinds of noise. Hello, Tara. Hi, Penny. Just a second. We got to get TJ to mute out the background noise. Okay. Okay. There we go. Penny, you're. You're up? I thought maybe you went to take a, a nap so you would... Well, I was just about going to, and I was riveted by that last, um, that last product pr- presentation. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to tell you that Len and I had been there in the late 80s. It was 85 or 86, I can't remember which. And we had David with us at the time. And we slept in the village. Uh, there was, you know, we slept, yeah, we stayed in the area and slept in the village in an awesome little place. And then we went out first thing in the morning, and there was a geographer who was taking the tour all around that circle and, and all the lines in between it and was telling a lot of the same history that these people were talking about. But what has been included here is things that weren't even being talked about then, which was the, is the... Uh, the geomancy and some of the other things, and I hadn't realized that, um, and we knew these lines went straight through to Salisbury, you know, because we could feel them. And when when the geographer asked us, asked the group if they wanted anybody to try the dowsing rods, Len and I were right at the top of the line because everybody else was afraid to do it. And mm-hmm. it was like more like Yahoo when you walked across it. Because the dowsing, the dowser, the rods, they were not a rod. They were, you know, you held them in two hands to try and, you know, you always, of course, what you wanted to do was try and stop the rod from going down because, you know, what is this anyway? You know, this is just a hooked up story. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way it works. You know, you can't stop that energy from pulling the rod down. And it was like our hair was on fire. It was a really, really exciting day, especially when we found out a lot of the things that those guys told us uh, today. And, I, of course, what I found interesting about what today's presentation was was how much more of the history that's been discovered in 86, 96, 2000, 40 years, I guess, eh? They've been doing a lot of work on all of this, too. So there's no doubt that all of this stuff exists and... Uh, Anyway, I just I, it just brought back all those memories and some of my photos. I think I'll have to get the books out and take a look because it was really an awesome experience. We were there for over half a day just in that one location, just walking around and so on and so forth. There were so many other buildings in the area that are all related, too, like that story that he told about the church. That was exactly why... Um, and we saw the rock that they couldn't dig out because it's buried so deep, or we know the location, we found the location of the rock that's buried so deep that they couldn't get it out. And we know there's a lot of stone buildings in the building, who, in, in the area, you know, huts uh, uh, and houses and so on made of stone because, after all, these things are no good anymore, right? There's nobody, nobody knows what they are, blah de blah blah 
So yeah, what? there's some there's some energy yeah. attached to those stones. Yes, if I could just say I, I got a flashback. You know, Philip doesn't come so much to the calls anymore. Philip Hunter, That's, yes. But uh, was that Philip's last name? Yes, his name no. is Hunter, and he's from West. He's he's from Yorkshire. Oh, okay. That's a different Philip. I'm in a completely different uh, location. Well, of, are you are you going to talk about one with the Saint Michael's coin? No, Philip Knapp. Uh, Knapp. It's it's one oh, of the. Sorry, the guy in. I'm sorry, I misled you because I was thinking about Philip Hunter because he has a coin, uh, a Saint Michael's coin, uh, and that and, and it's part of it's about the ley lines too. Part oh, well, of it's about that, having the coin. That's yeah. interesting. Two Phillips with something to do with uh, dousing, anyway. Uh, because yes, he's, and, and he sent us this, uh, it's something we can wear on our, you know, on our lapel or something. But it says, veiny, beady, dousy. I'm not sure what that I means. I came, I saw, I doused, yes. There you go. Thank you, Penny. Yeah. You would know that. Yes. And it's got yeah. a dousing. He's got a little dousing, a string with something he's dousing. Yeah, dousing string. Uh, 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 he's got a pendulum, I guess that's what it is. But it starts spinning counterclockwise when it gets to a place that's powerful in the rocks or the or the land or wherever yeah. you're. And, yeah. uh, and, and that's the, the land that we went, Ram and I went there to that land. Um, holy cow, I mean, he took us, and he doused for us. He had those dousing rods, just like that. Yeah. And we were sitting there with our hair on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, an awesome experience, you know. Catfish. Yeah. And, and then we went there another time, and a whole group of people came there together. And we went to the places where the dousing were, and and and, and he's got all kinds of written material, but... It's uh, in the shape of a thunderbird. Uh, uh, if you were looking from a helicopter or a plane or so, well, closer down uh, from the top, you can see that those spots are on particular points, like the third eye of the thunderbird and the the wingtips, oh, yeah. the wingtips yeah. of the. Th- and it's the I don't remember how hundred many hundreds of acres there was mm. there, but we walked that place and we just. I mean, we we all felt it when we got mm-hmm. close to those places that were doused uh, with that power. Yeah. So I just yeah. Well, I have some material on the grid lines of the planet, and this is all part of that story. So uh, yeah, that's it's just fascinating, just fascinating. It's, and the older people lived by it; they knew what to do with it. Like that whole business about the geomancy that he was talking about, how you use the soil and. And how how well and and the movement from uh, following the earth to do the you know to have organic and sustainable farming what that those are the terms we use but once you move from that you get the kind of situations we we are in right now you know uh, so anyway and that this again is the kind of information that a lot of people don't want us to know <coughs> no mm-hmm. and that, I mean. Like that elder gentleman at the end of the 
the piece we just played, and he said this was the most exciting time ever to be on the planet. That's true, and also it's a challenge because I mean mm-hmm. I've been I've been keeping everything quiet and just reading what's up there, but holy oh, yoy, what they're saying. There's all kinds of death threats on all kinds of people. They don't like what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Tara, but I what all of a sudden you said something. And it's tied in with what I've been reading and learning about the indigenous people in British Columbia. Oh, several, couple of years ago, maybe, maybe three years ago, I found an article about um, an indigenous gardener finding where some of the gardens had been because the Indians did garden, but they didn't do it with squares and so on like uh, white people would do. They did it in their own way, but they're sort of kind of like wheels. They were at least round. So that kind of research is quietly going on, at least here, uh, up here, and in, in British Columbia. I don't, I, I don't know whether it's going on in the prairies or not, but uh, that's part of the stuff that's going on in the fight between the indigenous and the oil companies and the gas companies, too, you know, because mm. you, you can support yourself with the food in the forest and what you grow in the ground, and there you go, you know, that's a threat. So... Anyway, it's, all of that is all tied together. It's all tied together. And I just keep on breathing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Anyhow, I just want to, because that, that, that uh, presentation just brought back the excitement of that day and how, how amazing it was. You know, I'll find some pictures. That's really cool. I'll find some pictures. Yes, and thank and you, Penny. For, thank you, Penny, for sending us all these different things that are from Gaia TV, and that was came, that came with it. That that piece. well, that was Ron, that was Rama. He sent me the originals. I'm just the one who tidied them up and made them pres- presentable for inclusion okay. in the notes. Thank yeah. you. Ben. So I I have I have to thank the good man himself. <laughs> Did you you have something? You to say? are quite welcome, Commander. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Anyhow, that's all I wanted to say. Like I said, I have to come down now and not excited. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you, okay. Penny, for sharing. And um, I'm glad you're you're feeling better. It sounds like you're feeling better. Feels like a, a pumpkin that somebody could smash at any moment. You know, my nose is all. You know, I can hear. I hear myself as talking through my nose, but I'm not sure that that's what you hear. But that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> that's what happens when your nose is plugged, right? Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that's all for now. That's all for now. Okay, thank you. Aloha, Vinny. Aloha. Aloha. Namaste, you guys. Namaste. Thank you. All right. Padme, I see you there. I think you're online. Hi. I was just going to say, geomancy is one of my most favorite and hot uh, hot topics these days. I watch that myself, and um, I was just going to say to both of you, you're speaking my language, you and Penny and Rama. I just think that is so cool, and the stuff that they're saying, and uh, it's time that we get ourselves back to the garden. (laughs) Oh, listen, you know what? Uh, Carl, Dr. Carl Callahan, and 
He's got a partner that Margo. Her name is Margo. And they are it's not their land. It's up in Truchis, but it's about eighty acres they have there that they have and they grew they did the dousing for where to put the vegetable garden. Holy Toledo, you should see those vegetables yeah, that they, they have. They have buffalo there. And, and they have buffalo on the wow. land. And they took us and they also made a tree house. Mm-hmm. In a in a um, what kind of tree was that? Was that an oak tree? I don't remember. I remember what kind of tree. But they took us up the ladder and up into the tree house and oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, and then they took us to all these spots that they had doused for on the land and there was this one place uh it had willow trees mm-hmm. and they were like in a corridor uh or like you're coming down the aisle in nature and these these trees wow. were in a row set on both sides and they were just like a canopy mm-hmm. and you could walk through there and when you got to this place that was like a little bit down the hill, holy Toledo! <laughs> I mean, that's the, what our hair was standing up on end. All again. the beings were right there. Oh my goodness! Do you want to uh, say more to that, Ron? Just that they were, you know, almost visible but not quite visible. But you could certainly feel that right next to you. Everybody was there. Yeah. And you know the buffalo are just and, uh, so strong. Doesn't this all represent the homeostasis of Mother Gaia herself? You know, that kind, that type of thing. I mean, you know, I think that many yeah. orchards in like Tuscany and other places, you could, you know, when you anyone sees pictures of that kind of thing, reminds me of what you're talking about. Just the the mm-hmm. elegance of the, you know, of the lay of the land, because they are their own ley lines. You know, yep. it just gives me yeah. chills. I, I, I was thinking two things. There was a, a a woman on. I think she may have. Well, there was a woman that was interviewed on Gaia. I won't mention, but I talking about how when she does some dousing, she uses you know like a pendulum, but that getting it to you have to give it some energy and i thought to go one way or the other till you get used to it but i don't think that at all i truly think you clear your entire field especially with a pendulum stay stock still and let the actual energy the whole point is to let the the intelligence of the ions tell you what the answer is so i mean dowsing rods i've been watching i've been thinking about getting some um, and look and see if I can't connect with some master dowsers, I guess. But it really, uh, I just, with the rods, there is no mistaking. If you're walking along, they're going to flip when it's, when the, you know, based on the um, the energies, you know. They're going <laughs> to spin or flip or turn regardless of, you know. So anyway, I just. It's time for all of our food system to be like that again, you know. I'm pre- preaching to the choir, I know, but it's, and I know along well about yes. it. And Penny, it's, uh, Penny and, and Padme and Rama and Tara and Birdman and <laughs> Rainbird and Carlton and uh, uh, Chin and uh, who, all of these, one, Toriana, some, when she comes, and there's just, and... Caroline and all of us were 
there's something in our code of consciousness together uh, that brings these conversations up and all these these like-minded uh, interviews that we get to listen to together from Gaia TV and I'm just grateful. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Padme. Thank you. And a shout out to them too for bringing in, you know, a way for not only can we go to the site and, you know, be a part of Gaia, but also that you guys play it so that it creates and sustains the resonance and to share it live is, is more valuable than I, you know, have words for, but for, and so, uh, may we all, uh, Donate into the mix so that you guys keep on keeping on the good the good path with what you're doing. So, uh, sending out lots of love and blessings for abundance of every kind in that regard. And thank, thank you. you for. Um, let's have some money geomancy. I guess you'd call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, we're going to really write a request for assistance. And focus on it on Sunday, right, Emma? Yes. Money, man, money, Nancy, Moolah, Nancy. That's what that would be. Money, yeah. Nancy, Moolah, Nancy, yeah. Moolah, Nancy. Yeah. Geo is the Earth one, but we'll do uh, Moolah, Nancy. How about that? All okay. Right. But thank you for all you do. I will peace out, and thanks, Penny, for calling in too, because I'm I'm on it with you. All right. All right. Here we go. Ta-ta, everybody. Here we go. This is, we're going to continue this. Uh, George Nury. George Nury interview with, uh, who is this now again? Um, Mar- Mar- um, Maureen. Maureen Hancock. All right. Is she related to John? Oof, so, you know, nine Not very kids. appetizing. No, and they did taste like NECA wafers, though, so very sugary, honest to God. But I ate enough lead to kill five male adults. I was in Children's Hospital in Boston for three years. I was in a coma. Three years? Three years. I would get to come home here and there. And I had acute brain encephalitis, shunts. And they created the process of chelation with me to remove heavy metals from your body. And after that, I started to see spirits walking around the house as a five-year-old. I'm Irish. We had a lot of parties. I thought they were drunken house guests, but no, they were spirits. And then I was in a car accident in 1992. I broke every bone in my face. Were you driving? I was was driving and I fell asleep. Like one of these, your eyes get heavy and I hit a tree and I felt my grandmother's presence go through me. She just passed away and her voice came out of my mouth. Oh, Maureen, I'll never forget it. And I had a miraculous recovery. I literally broke everything from fractured skull, cheeks, nose. No airbags? No airbags back in the day. That's what happened. Exactly. And they brought the jaws of life. I was outside of the car. I don't remember how I got out, but I credit my grandmother. And then I started to hear voices after that. Did this become more and more prevalent for you, the mediumship? The mediumship, I blocked at first because it was just so overwhelming, and I'm a very anxious person. Did it so scare you? It scared me, and so what I did to help kind of like soften it is bring comedy in. 
I was a stand-up comedian in Boston. I was litigation You manager, still are. And I still am. I'll have you do a skit for us later. All right, I'll do that. And I do a nice <laughs> Irish jig too, George. You're going to love it. <laughs> I love that. So, um, but I worked at Logan Airport and then 9-11 happened. Mm. So my whole life changed and I quit my job. I started a cancer foundation doing all kinds of holistic healing and became dubbed the comedian medium. So a little bit of humor, but I definitely get serious too. How do you help people pass on? So then I started working in various hospices. So my mom was on the board of directors of a local hospice outside of Boston. And I said, do you think I can help people with meditation, laying my hands on them, helping them to know that death doesn't have to be so scary And so she let me start doing that. And then I formed my own sort of spiritual hospice. And now I mostly work with children. What I do is I go in and I'll, if they're open to it, talk about death and dying and create a celebration of life because so many families are torn apart during and after the death. Of course. And that's natural. Natural. But I feel like if I can help them to create some signs after the loved one is going to pass, I have kids say to me, oh, they're the bravest. Like, what's heaven going to be like, Maureen? And I talk to them. Well, you know, these are children, George. So I'm going to go right. right. (laughs) Keep it heavenly. But you're right. With adults, they might confess or talk about, you know, what's it going to be like? And I say there's different layers depending on how you lived your life. And we'll talk about it and we'll go deep if they want to. We'll do light affair and I'll do meditation. I teach the family how to lay their hands on them because when somebody's getting ready to come out of the physical body, sometimes that can be painful. And I want to help them to understand uh, how they can help their loved one release. Do you deal with those who are about to die to try to teach them how to come back and yes. connect with us? Yes. Quite often, they'll say to me, "Um, I'm so afraid, and I'm afraid it's going to be lights out darkness. How do I let them know that I'm okay when I get there? And so I teach them how to lower their vibration, because when we come out of the physical body, the vibration is so high, it's like, whew. And I tell them, you need to lower your vibration, and, and the loved one here has to raise their vibration. So I'll sit with the person about to pass, the family member that wants to connect. And then they might talk about like, okay, I'm going to come as something like a bird or lighter fare because they don't turn into the bird. Or an owl. Yeah, or an owl or a bumblebee, a, a you know, dragonfly. But they can use their energy to make it appear. The same that, the way they can make a dog see them, right? A dog will be like, oh, my God, that's my loved one. I want to come back as a scorpion. You do? Yes. Just to... Just to snap you. Just to snap you. (laughs) Good for you, right? What do people say? What do they want to come back as? A lot of people say they want to um, use things of nature. So um, like when my dad passed, he's like, okay, I'm going to use the symbol of a cardinal. When my mom passed, she didn't say that she wanted to come as an Oriole, as a symbol, the bird. So I pull into my driveway and I look up. And there's an Oriole, the, the orange and black. Amazing, yeah. So me, I'm like, Mom, hi, are you okay? Everything good? You made it? It's, it's, it's amazing how those symbols work. Yeah, and let me tell you real quick. My mom, 
Um, I had surgery last year. They said I had uterine cancer. I don't, but I was praying. Thank God. Yes, I was praying to my mom, give me a sign. My mom's name is Grace Agnes. I go into uh, the package store. That's what you call it in Boston, a packy. And my mom says, get two bottles of wine for a grief retreat I was teaching at a foo-foo place. Two bottles of wine, a bottle of Grace and a bottle of Agnes right there in front of my face. So I said to the clerk, like, this is my mother. (laughs) (laughs) But then I found out that I didn't have it and the biopsy was negative. But how great is that, George, that my mother showed up with her name and I knew she was with me. And now I have dreams every day of my mom. What are postcards from heaven? So postcards from heaven is the name of my live event. So I present to hundreds of people uh, during the week and on the weekends at theaters and hotels and whatnot. And it's called Postcards from Heaven because I stop at different folks and say, uh, this woman right here in the third row, your mother Barbara's here. She was 62. She had a heart attack. You're one of five. You don't talk to your brother in Florida, things like that. So I read a lot of people in a live event. Unlike a lot of mediums, I am the Walmart of mediums. So I'm the greeter and I'm giving them out like postcards. Let's look at some highlights, Maureen, from your events. Your son, I just heard I passed unexpectedly, so I got a fast feeling. And he does try to visit you a lot, and he's telling you don't be afraid. Um, He's telling me that he's much funnier and better looking than you. So, no, that's not even a joke. No. No, No. correct, right? Because he's telling me he knows how to ride a motorcycle. He's not an idiot. He didn't take chances. He was like slow, bad grandpa. I'm not sure if it was you that was trying to reach him not too long before reaching out or trying to connect you know by the phone or something does that make sense okay so i'm supposed to say that to you because he is oh and i can't breathe it's really serious but he is like stop beating yourself up you couldn't have saved me i know but he is i'm not i'm not gone I don't feel gone. And I do see him going around a corner, by the way. That's exactly how it happened. That's how it happened. Because we would ride. She just had gotten her license. He was always in front. She was in the middle. Papa Bear, the daughter, and Mama Bear, and we all rode together. And there was just... Because he knew what he was doing. I'm and unsettled at night. Yeah. I don't sleep at night because but I he, have the vision yeah. of his accident happening He's okay, in my though. He's okay, though. He's like, if you keep... Going back to that, then we can't go forward. I also want to bring up at this table, Helen, or Ellen. My name is Ellen. Ellen. Oh, that's your daughter's name? Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Ellen. He wants to acknowledge you. Wow, and thanking you for getting mom here. This almost didn't happen. So he's excited, right? And he, your dad is acknowledging everything that you do. For everybody, because you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. He just said, you did everything for me. You have to know that. And your husband is passed, right? Okay. Of course he was there to greet him. Of course your mother was there to greet him. But they are together and they are okay. And they're fishing or they have a boat. Oh, my God. So what's that about? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, go away. Okay. It was the favorite thing they did together. The favorite this gets to be emotional, Maureen, for a lot of people. It does. I mean, I noticed half of them were crying. And that's why I use the lightness because of, you know, raising the energy. And But sometimes I cry all the way home because 
I can feel it and I, I wish I could reach everybody to tell them that there is no death, that we don't die, that you know this is the least vehicle and they're stepping out and to teach folks how to be their own medium. That's really important for my work that we all have this to see, feel, hear and sense, but I'm trying to uh, relight the spiritual pilot in the world. How do you teach the living grief? Because it's overwhelming. I've had three friends die in the last five years, wow. all unexpected, mm. all close. It, it's, it's tough. It's really hard. And so the first thing I say, it's okay to grieve, but trying not to get stuck in that place because so many do want the validation that they're still with us. And it's hard to get that if you're an overthinker if you are stuck in your grief. And I always suggest a grief counselor or somebody that's better suited to go a little bit deeper than I am. And I, uh, my biggest message is, you know what? They say that they, they feel younger, they feel vibrant, if that's the case. And that they say, I don't feel dead. They don't die. They're alive. They are very much alive. And it's just on this other level. And we won't know fully till we get there, right, George? But I get lots of visitations. And we're in no rush. We're in no rush. Let's just... But when it happens, it happens. Give us an example of how they communicate sometimes through electronics. I've heard so many different stories. Do you have one? Oh, I do. So one mother who lost her son, tragic drowning, five years old. I still remember his name. Five years old. And she said to me, Maureen, I would go by Jackson's room and I would say, if you're here, make the light bulb flash and it would flash. Wow. And then I said, you know what? Go back inside and into the room and have conversations with him because they can use electronics. And so she would say, Jackson, if you're here, I want three flashes. Boom, boom, boom. No way. Yes. Yep. And then they would, you know, they did a little Morse code, I guess. In spirit communication. One for yes, two for no, that kind of thing. 100%. And recently, I was in Martha's Vineyard. I don't know if you've ever of been there. Of course there. Love it. Used and to I'm, go to Fitchburg all the time. I love that, Fitchburg. And so I go in and I, I'm talking to my mom and I just play around sometimes. And I'm like, mom, can you make the light flash? So I did a video talking to my mother through the light in and the And it's bathroom. flashing? Oh, it was flashing. And I said, make it go off because I'm, you know science minded too. And I'm like, I need 30 seconds. Energy cannot die, be destroyed. And I want to prove this to everybody. And so my mother went along with it in spirit. And I just had a dream and she hugged me and she said, I said, I miss talking to you. And she goes, but I'm right here. That is amazing. We're right here. Do you use your dream state to communicate with the dead? I really do. So the strangest thing for me, even knowing what I know, my parents for the last two years, my mom and dad, are showing up every single night in my dream. So this is gonna sound a little wonky. I'm at an all-inclusive resort, George. I swear to God, but I feel like that's gonna be my screensaver of heaven. We all have one and I love all-inclusive, but they're showing up and there we are, but my mom's giving me messages. Some of them, my soul is taking in and others I remember when I wake up and I write it down. So I always tell everybody, Keep a pad of paper next to your bed and write things down down. because you're going to forget. But then I ask myself, is this real or is that real? So I'm writing about that in my second book right now about, you know, what is actually the reality? This is earth school. 
but I'm still living in the dream state. I'm getting a lot done too. What did the dead try to use to communicate with us? So they'll what, what use are their tools. They'll use all sorts of things. So they'll call our name, right? And so if you're clear audience like me and you're hearing, I will hear conversations in my mind's voice. So it doesn't come in like in a man's voice, like, hey, it's out there. It's more like my voice. So, you know, they're giving me messages. Look over your shoulder when you're driving. Um, do this, do that. They're using heart-shaped rocks on the beach. They're using uh, rainbows and, and things in the sky and orbs and pictures and, and videos. And you can see their faces in photographs sometimes. So they'll use electronics. They're going to use anything of nature. So uh, a deer or, you know, typical, any type of bird, because they're light or fair and they can use the energy to manipulate it to come in your path. Coins, feathers, all kinds of stuff like that. And those are the, the typical signs. Are they jokesters? Some are jokesters. So when I connect at Postcards from Heaven, I'll take on the personality and I can tell if somebody was super uh, quiet or shy or private. And then other times, I actually sometimes take on their voice, um, their mannerisms. And, and that's a little bit of channeling. Yeah, uh, It takes a lot out of me to do that, but they can be jokesters and they hide things a lot. What's the best way, Maureen, to connect with our loved ones in our dream state? In our dream state, if you think of a favorite memory or maybe the last time you saw them, uh, I say for three to five minutes. So I want folks to think about maybe like a holiday or a vacation you took or maybe just seeing them in the kitchen and go through it for three minutes. It opens a portal to the other side, the other level, whatever you want to call it. And they can slip into the dream state if you are preparing yourself to open up to that and you're saying to them, I give you permission. You're saying to them, I want to communicate with you and I can't do it in my daily life. I need to do it in the dream state because we're more open. A couple of your clients showed us how they communicate with their deceased children. It's truly remarkable. Before my son passed away in 2022 from a car accident, uh, I was not a very spiritual person. Then two months later, my ex-wife scheduled a session with Maureen. I tragically lost my 13-year-old daughter about 20 months ago. I have to admit that I've been expecting very little. In fact, I was a skeptic. But um, I kept an open mind, and um, which was, was great because I, I left that session uh, blown away. I had a reading from Maureen Hancock, and she told us things that no one would ever know. Maureen... Um, described my son's personality to a T. It was like she had known him uh, for a long time. She also described um, the night of the accident, the events around it, and the accident itself very accurately. It was just validation after validation that um, she's still here with us, currently and presently involved in our lives. Furthermore, she described what was going on in our lives at that moment and things that we had planned um, to do to honor our boy um, at his old middle school, uh, including a bench in his honor and pavers. Uh, and all of that, of course, she was simply being uh, the messenger, channeling what he was telling her. Maureen has given me the tools to 
really communicate with my daughter, um, which has helped me tremendously. Life continues just in a different dimension and we can continue that relationship with our son, uh, even though he's in a different dimension. So it's been amazing. It's been a game changer. Um, I, I can't imagine how much harder this incredibly painful journey would have been uh, if we didn't have that knowledge, if we didn't have that faith and, and, and the relationship that we have and all the science. She's given me the tools really to know that she's still with me and know that she's not going anywhere. Um, she's not dead. She's just different. So not only is it helping the dead, but you help the living. Yes, definitely. And tell. after um, my sister's son passed at 19 years old, tragically, back in the day when I used to do private readings, I dropped the list, the wait list, and I only see still to this day uh, for free parents who have recently lost children because I want to teach them how to connect with their children. And Mario, this this gentleman, very science-minded, and he was a huge skeptic. And he has a whole new world now, not just, you know, a non-physical relationship with his son, but he's open to so many things now because of this tragic physical passing of his son. And with Wendy, I taught her how to meditate and how to raise her vibration so that they have full-blown conversations in her head now. What are some of the best ways to connect with the other side? The best ways to connect are, first of all, you have to get your mind, body, and soul connected. So I teach about clean eating, uh, maybe doing like an organic diet and getting rid of uh, sugar and uh, you know anything that's going to fog your your thinking yeah. and the heavy heavy diet that we're used to, right? And meditating and getting out in nature. So I tree bathe every day. I go out with my dogs, and that's how I get ready to get on stage. But learning how to quiet your mind so that you can lead with your heart and not overthinking is the number one tool for you. So folks that say, I don't feel anything, I don't get anything. I'm like, would you be open to learning how to meditate? I teach them the mindfulness meditation and they're eating right and they're getting enough sleep. And it really, you know, gut health, everything ties together when we're trying to be an instrument to the other side. Amazing. You have said that there is no death. What does that mean? So I feel that when we leave the physical body, this spirit body continues. And I don't feel that we, you know, are way up in the sky or people are always looking up. Where are you? Where are you? Show me. They tell me I'm right here. I'm right here. And my own mother is telling me that who was head of the God Squad, Irish Catholic, and, you know, I do have a, a lot of faith, but I study all different religions and I have witnessed miracles. And so um, I just, I believe that we are just the spirit body within waiting to come out and continue and everything's happening all at once. So I don't believe there's a past, present or future. I feel everything's happening simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And you've probably heard that many times before. And I'm really starting to learn that with my work with death and dying. Law enforcement reaches out to you now. Why? So I've had law enforcement reach out to me for the past, say, 20 years on missing person cases, murders, cold cases and whatnot. And I kind of got into that side of things 
uh, even by accident. So I had some private detectives reach out on a, a local case to Massachusetts and they had me go up to the area where this girl disappeared, um, Mara Murray. So she hit a tree and then she just disappeared. And so they wouldn't say anything, you know, huge skeptics and we're driving for hours up to New Hampshire. And then I started to feel sick. And that's what I know when I know spirits near. And I knew that she had crossed over. You get sick all the time when you feel spirits? If, if it was a murder, I feel nauseous. I feel sick. And so I had them pull over. And then I said, this is the area. They still, I don't want them to say anything. I become the victim first. So I'm looking out from their eyes and I'm reliving and I can see what's going on. Then I do remote viewing. I come up and over an area and then I become one with the energy of a perpetrator so that I'm looking out from their eyes. So I have the whole story. But I will tell you working with like FBI and police and teaching them about intuition greatest joy. And um, I have more luck with missing folks who are newly missing. So you know how they say the first 48 hours, right, are key. So same for me in a missing, missing person case is that first week I've had luck helping the police find uh, a living, mostly living teens that are disappearing or going missing a lot lately. Does the missing person come to you or do you go to them with this intuitiveness? So I work with um, mapping and the old days I would get the cylinder, you know, like on the Brady Bunch and I would open up the map and I would wave my hands over and feel energetically the spot. Like a pendulum would? Yes. That kind of thing. Yes. So I would feel hot, 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 right? And I'd X and I'd say, okay, this is where they are. And sometimes they would find their body there. If they were deceased, they do come to me if I'm looking at photos and I call them in. But I have more luck going to the area. So if I go to an area um, last year, I felt it. So I I had a missing gentleman uh, in his 50s in my area. And so I walked with the police along a river. And I said, he's in the river, but he is about, you know, 10 miles up here. And they did end up finding him there, unfortunately. But um, he was coming to me. And if I look at a picture... And their eyes are just dull, they're still alive. If their eyes are bright and it's like they're talking to me. Wide open. Yes. I can I can tell if they passed. It's the eyes in the photo that speak to me and it's the soul. Do they ever catch the killer? So um if it if it's a murder sometimes, so this one in particular, uh they haven't caught them, but there's one in Uh, Quincy, Massachusetts, where there was a missing exchange student, and I worked on that case. And I said, um, you know, I I could hear her saying to me, it was the maintenance man, so he is in jail. And I said, you have to remove the stucco that her, the the DNA and some, some DNA stuff was behind the wall, and they did find it. Now, let me tell you about John LaCrosse, former police chief, right, in the small town in Rhode Island shares how you helped connect with his deceased brother. Hi, my name is John LaCrosse. I'm a retired, renowned state trooper of 23 years, and then chief of police in a small town in Rhode Island for 17 years. But I met Maureen Hancock in September of 2006. I'll never forget it. I went to a holistic uh, 
mediumship class because I was learning how to become a Reiki master. And Maureen uh, started doing readings for people in this class, and she read me. Uh, unbelievable. And being a cop and a detective for eight years, she really hit home all the key factors of my brother who had died some 27 years ago. And it was amazing to me being a detective and a police officer, how she was so accurate with this energy. She trained me and, and told me to believe in my intuition. Not only that, I know Maureen has worked on many cases for law enforcement, two or three when I was the chief in Barrington, uh, and helped uh, solve these cases, missing persons and persons uh, unsolved murders. So Maureen and I became good friends, and she taught me a lot about energy and connecting to spirit, trusting my intuition, and being a police officer, you need uh, good intuition. And as a Reiki master, trusting the energy, uh, connecting to the client, and then connecting to people that I saw while giving these sessions. And thinking as a cop, it was kind of weird, but it was a great uh, lesson. And Maureen became a very good friend of mine and a good mentor. And I'll never forget it. And what I did back in 2006 was got a picture of my brother, laminated it, and put it over that police cruiser visor and talked to him daily and got signs from him and became a true believer because of Maureen's gift. Why does the picture seem to enhance your ability to communicate? Well, I feel like when you look at a photo of a past loved one and going back to looking in the eyes, you can access the energy of the soul, I feel. And I love that with John LaCrosse that he then used his intuition for his cases in town and he works with the Samaritans because his brother passed by suicide. And um, having that picture, you don't always need a picture, but that's psychometry. But it so, helps. Yeah, so you can hold the picture, you can hold an item, piece of jewelry, maybe the clothing, because it still holds energy of that loved one. Maureen, are all law enforcement officers behind what you do, or are they kind of on the fence? Oh, no. So it's, it's a little bit, probably 50-50, but I do think a lot are coming around. So I speak at these national FBI conventions. So there's about, you know, 500 guys with their arms crossed and a few women and um, more now, though, with the women. And so they don't believe at first. But when I go right to them and I connect with their loved ones, I can see them soften. And if anything, I teach them about we were all born with the ability to see, feel, hear, and sense not only our loved ones, but our intuition. But so some are better than others. And some right. are better than others. And so John LaCrosse is a practicing almost medium now so because he, you know, has opened up to the energy. But I still have some, and they'll say right to me, I'm a skeptic. I worked with a local police chief, and he's like, I don't believe in what you do. I said, you don't have to, but it's my work is free and I will come in and help you. And I helped find a missing teenager last year in the woods in Canton, Massachusetts. Tell us about the case where you found a child in a closet or something. What was that? Oh, my goodness. So there was a missing teenager um, from Boston, Massachusetts, uh, about two years ago. And so I met with the mom on Zoom because it was, you know, around the time of COVID and and as soon as I connected with the mother on Zoom, her deceased loved ones came through and gave me the information instead of, you know, looking at the maps and the pictures and whatnot. Right. And I said, she met somebody on Snapchat. 
I am seeing uh, Siva Street in Roxbury, right outside of Boston, part of Boston. And I said, there's a triple. De-. So in my mind's eye, I could see a white triple decker. She was on the third floor and I could see her in a closet in the back room. Even with my eyes open, I can see this. And she said, okay, well, that sounds like the house the FBI just cleared, uh, but let me let me call them and get back to you. So she's like, yeah, they cleared it. I said, she's in there. Tell them to go back. Give them my name. If you want, I'll talk to them because sometimes I just go through the family, not always the police. So they went back in and they found her in the closet on the third floor. She was about to be trafficked out of the country, had all the, I have chills right now. You saved her life. And I did. And I credit like her mother's grandmother. Do they keep in touch with you afterwards? I haven't with, with those folks, but normally they do. Um, and I do keep in touch. And like some folks like Wendy that you saw and and Nick's dad, like we are forever friends. So I have so many that I stay in touch with them. And then, you know, just teaching them that they can have a non-physical relationship. We all can. How do you mix and combine your comedic background with what you do as a psychic medium? Yeah. So when after my car accident, um, Nobody really believed me and my own like Catholic mother was like, ah, I don't know. I don't think you should be doing that. And we worked with some priest friends don't of ours. Don't go there, Maureen. Don't go don't there. Don't go Maureen. there. But hey, gifts of the Holy Spirit, Corinthians twelve eleven. but whatever. So getting back to that using the comedy, I was on stage as a comedian in Boston working at Logan Airport, litigation manager. And then the accident happened. So I found that when I, because I get nervous, so I use comedy when I'm nervous. And I found that I could see people's aura open up with the comedy. <laughs> and folks say to me now, like, I can't believe I went into your show, Postcards from Heaven, so sad. And I left so happy and upbeat, upbeat right. and hopeful. So I use comedy to bring hope to the masses. Are you the female Don Rickles? <laughs> I don't know about Don Rickles. Um, but you know, I might be a little bit more like Amy Schumer mixed with some dead people. On but maybe John Rickles, yeah. Who comes to your events? So I get a mix. And when I first started, mostly women and mostly women between, I would say, like, you know, 30 and 65. And now I have a lot of young folks. So we have from, say, 15 years old to 90 years old. And I did an event last week in Rhode Island, 750 people, half of them were men. Because of That's the comedy. Huge. All age brackets. All age brackets because I feel there's such a shift right now that everybody's opening up to the possibility. And I think that the comedy makes it more, uh, you know, able to accept. Why are men showing up so much? What are they looking for? I think they're looking for connection, clarity. Peace, peace of mind. Peace of mind. And I used Closure. to closure. I used to stay away from the skeptics because they scared me and they'd be like, mm. but now, you know, I'm, I'm, I go right up. Embrace them. And now I feel like I get so many messages after, like I was such a skeptic and women too. And I, and I feel now we're in such a state that we need hope, but I can't stress enough. I say to people, you are all mediums. Raise your hand if you, you know, get signs. And then I say, raise your hand if you feel nothing. Half the room raises the hand. Are you an overthinker? Are you trying too hard? Yes. 
And then I teach them how to be their own medium. What is Maureen Hancock University? Oh, so I created the Maureen Hancock Online University to teach people. Online? Yes. So they get about a year's worth of short little lessons because I don't know about you, but I have the short attention span, right? I'm like squirrel. So there's seven to 10 minute little video clips and everything from chakras to auras, energy, cold cases, psychometry, meditation. And then we meet once a month live for an hour and a half with I say I have about 50 students online, we meditate, I answer questions, and then I have them practice reading people. And I feel like they're, they feel safer behind a chat box, right? Or, you know, they're not like put on the spot. And so the other night I had a class, so many beginners reading, reading people, connecting. Amazing. Yeah. I had a call once on one of my local shows in St. Louis from a guy who says, George, I belong to a chronic compulsive club. We're very compulsive about everything. And I said, what do you do? He said, we meet. I said, oh, really? How often? He says, six times a day. That's amazing. <laughs> and I feel that throughout the day, we're all getting messages. We're all being guided. And we're all just sort of like walking each other home, whatever that means. Who's giving us these messages and why? Well, we all have a team, I believe, of our spirit guides that were assigned at birth. And we, so we have like, I call it the three tiers. We have guardian angels, we have spirit guides, and we have loved ones in spirit. So I feel that also we keep coming back to this earth school to learn heavy lessons, to um, forgive, and to laugh with all our might and just try to help each other out. But who's guiding us mostly? I feel that we have one or two spirit loved ones that are helping us. And then for me, I always had this woman with long curly blonde hair and I had a Native American say to me, a shaman, oh, do you know that woman? She's a guide for you. Interesting. You gave an impromptu reading to somebody at a drive-in, didn't you? Sometimes at the drive-thru, I do tend to. I don't do like a tech reading, but if it comes to me and I feel they need it, I'll give the message. We've got it on tape. Mm. Medium next door, Maureen Hancock. This is Abby. And her great-grandmother just started to come through. And then a younger male came through and said that he had an overdose. It was her cousin, Zach. Yes. And he was just like, tell my mom I'm okay. And I think he's one of two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a brother? Yes. Yes. He's like trying to help his brother. His brother holds everything in. And he's just like, mostly wants, like, and his dad kind of went his own way, like it's too hard for him. And he's like, tell them I love them. They did everything for me. They never gave up on me. Tell them not to feel guilty. And he's just wicked, just wicked cool. His mother finds heart-shaped rocks for him. Um, And she has a tattoo in his writing. You know that? She does? Yeah, he does. Oh my God. She's crazy. Crazy. So how do you feel, Abby? I feel... It, it's just crazy how, oh my God, how accurate it is. You know what I mean? And you're so open. Hugs from heaven. It's amazing. Did you love the wicked, wicked Boston accent? I love the wicked, wicked Boston yeah. accent. And so I, you know, this woman said to me, I've always wanted to see you. So I'll always gauge because you never know if it could be triggering for somebody. And I'm, I work with grief counselors that help me out in my retreats. Sure. But that was pretty amazing. How yeah. do these intuitive things come to you? So I will get a lot of 
clear audience connections. So for this woman, I just looked up and I could see her nephew or cousin or something like that. And then I'm hearing, I'm feeling, or they'll tell me. So he was like, okay, this I passed suddenly. It was my own actions. Tell everybody I'm sorry. So I'm hearing that. And then sometimes I'll feel on my body, oh, this person had a stomach illness because my stomach will go, or I can't breathe, or I get a head pain, like a glioblastoma. You get very into this. And then I'll get more specific because I also do medical uh, intuitive stuff as well. Are you writing a new book, I hear? I am. So the working title is What to Expect When Expecting Death. If you've heard of you know the What to Expect series for bringing life into this world, I feel like there isn't really any kind of a gauge or a book or some kind of a thing to help people to go out. So it's kind of before, during, and after how I work with families, the advice I give through death and dying, and then what's going to happen after, setting up the signs, and everything that we talked about to help people not be so fearful about death. I hear you're getting help with this book. I'm getting help. From your mother. Yes, I am. So, wow, I thought you were just connecting with my mother. I'm like, is she telling you that? And we're all mediums. So my mom, um, she helped me with my first book when she was alive. And now she keeps guiding me. And she is really nudging me. Like, I wrote the first book in two months with her help living. And now she's helping me. She gave me the title, by the way, What to Expect. I don't know if I'm going to use that. But we need some kind of guidebook, I think, to help people and for families to stick together because there's so many breakups. Well, the Tibetans and the Egyptians wrote their Book of the Dead as a guide for the other side. You're doing the same thing for modern people. Modern, yes. And I love that. And wow, I was in Mexico and visited by the Mayans. I was told I couldn't have children. And one of the Mayans came to me and said, you need to go to Tulum and sit on the Fertility pole. Yeah, I had a baby. I wasn't really? supposed to. Just like that. Two kids. Yeah, I mean, not right there on the spot. But yes, definitely. And so. This is a not modern, one of your comic jokes, right? And this is for real. This is for real. I, I put that in the first book, The Medium Next Door. And then the second one will probably be a little bit more serious, but you're right. It's the modern guide to death, dying, the afterlife. Good for you. Yeah. How do people find you? So people can find me at my website, MaureenHancock.com. Instagram, Medium Maureen Hancock. On Facebook, it's the Maureen Hancock fan page. And I'm on TikTok, Medium Maureen Hancock. Give me one of your comic bits. Um, Oftentimes when I'm doing readings, I'll do uh, from the movie Ghost. Morticia? Orlando, is that you? That's Whoopi Goldberg. Damn, baby, what'd you do to your hair? It's Autumn Sunrise. Do you like it? And just like with Whoopi, who thought she was a skeptic, she was really channeling. She was. So there you go. Thanks for being on the program. Thank you for having me. This was such a joy. I'm in no rush to go to the other side by any means. But with people like Maureen Hancock, I'm prepared and I understand. And when that day comes, I'll be ready. Thanks for watching Beyond Belief. Oh, my gosh. What do we say to that, Rob? Um, <laughs> I got 15,000 years to go for more. You do? Yeah. Okay, so 
maybe we should call on Rainbird before we forget, and then you got something to play for us to close, right? I gotta look. Yeah. Oh, you didn't do that yet. Not yet. Oh, well, we gotta be okay on the money here. Maybe I'll see if I can. Let's see. What time is it? Ten, twelve, nineteen. Twelve, nineteen. Oh, I'm going to pass the talking stick to Rainbird before anything goes, because yeah. I'm sure that the way my my past weeks have been, and forget me, forget me not, huh? Hire Rainbird, that emerald serpent feathered one, and all of his friends and are on this talking stick. Here it comes. All right. All right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here <laughs> and it was still a struggle so I, I need to have a practice call tomorrow maybe you can call me and just make sure my phone's ringing or something but oh um, you mean there's something happening to your phone where it doesn't ring through yeah but um i i talked to tj about it a couple minutes ago when he when i when it did come through he, he kept trying and i got it but i've I'm going to just try restarting my phone so it might clear whatever's going on. I don't know what it is. I'm do hard to get. To, is there a place where you can get help for that particular phone service? Well, um, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's going to be related to. No, I'm not. No, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, where are your spirit guides? Yeah, right. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll check in with Maureen if I have any trouble. <laughs> right, Maureen will tell you the story. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thanks for tonight, and and, and it was uh, it was good, and lots of good interaction here too. So lots of gratitude for that, and looking forward to tomorrow. And I'm oh. going to hand this talking stick back over to Rollins. Okay, and you mean this afternoon, right, Rainbird? That's right, this afternoon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you, uh, Rainbird, so much for persistence. We are persistent, aren't we? Yep. Yep. We better. <laughs> we better, that's right, we better. What you got there for us, Rama? Um... Aurora Ray, another one. I'm just another listening. one. You just don't want the commercials to come on first. Yeah, this is seven minutes. Okay, well let's tune a little along with that. That'd be good. This is a cosmic promise. Pleiadian family ready for contact. All right, here we go, everybody. How many minutes? Seven minutes. 33 33 seconds alright here we go Pleiadian Council Transmission Dear Ones We are the Pleiadian Council and we are being called back to action We call ourselves Pleiadians and come from a planetary constellation called the Pleiades We have visited your home on planet Earth many times Thank you for joining us again, and we are glad to return. This month's Pleiadian message will be a compilation of everyone's messages from all of the councils. 
we come in peace. Enormous changes are heading your way, and many of you are already in this process to some degree. The Pleiadian Council has been around since the formation of Gaia, assisting the planet in growing into her whole consciousness. Thousands of us incarnated on Terra to assist humanity in its freedom from slavery. We are thankful to every soul who has contacted us for assistance, and we are looking forward to working with you. We have been waiting a long time for this. We know that most of you have been deeply involved in the spiritual search for a long time, and that some have been doing it for just a short time. Much darkness has been on this planet, causing humanity to forget its connection to the higher realms. Stay together as a family, and stay together as a planet. Choose love over fear, wisdom over confusion, cooperation over competition, and unity over separation. We are here to remind you of your identity. We assist in recreating your internal holograms to reflect the highest aspect of who you are in truth. You came here for this cycle of growth and expansion to become more than you ever thought possible, to take the quantum leap into the full embodiment of authentic self. To support you in this process, we ask you to embrace doubt and fear, insecurity and optimism. Allow all facets of self to come forth so your new creations can be born. Do not push them away, labeling them as bad or lower frequencies. Embrace them and ask what these emotions are trying to show you. This is the shadow work that is needed to rise above. We have heard your request for help. We will be glad to answer it. But before we come, there is one small thing you need to know. We will visit you. Only you, your leaders, will be aware of our presence. This is very important because we have been observing you and your planet for thousands of years. We have watched as you grew, as you became more complex, as you struggled for power, as you fought among yourselves, as you created your religions, as you developed your technology, as you learned to communicate. We have seen your wars and your heroes, your great artists, and your great thinkers. We have watched you evolve, and you have changed us too. You are closer than you think. Still, you don't recognize us. And the reason we know so much about you is that we have been observing you for eons. Our technology is so advanced. Our ships have been in your skies and your oceans, exploring your planets and your moons and your solar system. We have explored your comets and your asteroids your dark matter and your black holes, your white dwarves and your neutron stars. We have studied your atoms, your molecules, your quarks, your neutrinos, your antimatter particles. We are ready for the next level of contact and we would like to tell you a few things. Our race of beautiful beings is in service to humanity as well as many other races. We are a group of awakened beings with a mission to uplift humanity and the planet. We have held this mission for millennia and are ready to finalize. We are space travelers and have been for millennia. We have experimented with many spacecraft and we have what it takes. We have done numerous landings of this kind and are ready to do yours. Now we are bringing our ships out of hyperspace. We are making preparations for contact first we would like to tell you that many of our ships are small and we can easily land on your planet. 
we would be happy to do so, and we encourage you to contact us. Second, we would also be happy to explain some of our technology, such as free energy and nanotech. We are ready now to begin. And while there is momentum behind our efforts, we would like to work with you to accelerate your progress. Third, we would like to tell you a few things about humanity. We are in awe of you. You are the most auspicious beings we know, and you continually perform miracles. We admire your courage, intelligence, and creativity, and your spirit of cooperation. We would also like to tell you that we are willing to help you further your evolution, and that you, in turn, will help our race. Fourth, we would like to tell you that we are well aware that some do not like us. But the truth is, you are our brothers and sisters. You are our family. We love you. We are brave and we love joy. We love music and we love to dance with you. We love to explore. We love to tell stories. We love to laugh with you. We love to hug. We love to kiss. We love life. We are ready to experience all the joy that is waiting for you. We are ready to be with you. We are happy, as you can imagine, because not only are we finally able to show ourselves, but we are also very happy because we now have the opportunity to finally enter into contact with you. We have watched you from afar for years and years, and we have heard your tales of woe, of your sufferings and your difficulties, and we thought, how do they manage this? How can they propitiate the gods? How can they gain their favor? Many things have happened recently that have seriously disturbed us, and we have not been able to respond. We have been concentrating on the Pleiadian mission of assisting Gaia in her transformation. We too have been very busy, but so were you, trying to remake your world. However, we are here for you, and we are ready. We want you to see us, and to be comfortable with us, and to trust us, and for us to prove to you that we are worthy of serving you. We have so much to offer you, so much joy and love. We will give you everything, and more than that. If you accept us, we will be your extended family. We love you dearly. We are here with you. We are your family of light. We are the Galactic Federation. Aho. This is a message to humanity from Aurora Ray, Ambassador of the Galactic Federation. A lot of people don't know this, but if you have a Zillow app on your phone, you could be using it to make over... <laughs> Sneak it in at the very end, why don't you? Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone. Um, we'll get our beauty rest here, and we'll see you on the bridge. And in your dreams, and uh, tomorrow we'll have a, actually, depending on the time zone you're in this afternoon, our time, um, I think the Pacific time is still tomorrow, Um, I'm just saying that we are all connected as that first piece was entitled, huh, Rama? All right. We'll see you in your dreams, everybody. Satnam. Satnam G. As Rainbird taught us, 13 thank yous. Honey in the heart. No evil. 
live long and prosper and we're going to cook Rainbird and her telephone in the circle of support uh, so that uh, a remedy there's certain acting up that's going on there and we'll just call on all the uh, angels and fairies of telephone technology <laughs> okay namaste everybody aloha aloha <laughs>